you guys are filming, we're running, aren't we? I knew it. I was like, all right. I just looked. I'm like, wait, they're sitting down. And like, I, look at these two. These two are perfect. If you, if even if you think you haven't had a break, you look. You're. I know, right? Is it you know what I mean? This guy's a master. Both of you. We have some of the. I have. I'm lucky enough to have the two of the best in the Canadian biz working on yeah. the show for me. I'm very blessed. Yeah. And I'm very blessed to have our lucky guest today. Listening. If you're listening, if you're just listening, you're gonna have a treat. One of the best rhythmic speakers in Canadian comedy. I've ever been able to watch. Just the way that she builds up to her points and everything as a comic was one of my favorites. It's one of the first voices that I heard that were close to the voices that I grew up with in comedy. And that was unbelievable to hear somebody who clearly came from immigrant backgrounds who was letting it seep into their comedy. And now she's become, in a sense, somebody who has become not just a comic, but a leader. And uh, she's a motherfucking guest today. Uh, Sandra Badalini, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my God. Thank you, Mike Rita, for having me. Listen, man, I'm sorry about that long-winded intro. It wasn't. It was great. I was like, I was so into it. <laughs> okay, good. Because I get all fucked up on these intros, man. But okay, so I'm, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna tell them what you do and why you're helping out Canadian comics, and and I want you to tell them how you got started and what your inspiration was and what you do. Okay, so Sandra has taken the the reins in a sense and become our leader and our voice for the higher ups in government to recognize stand-up comedy as an art form. She's created with a group of other performers and entertainers in Canadian uh, comedy, a uh, union of sorts. I, I, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you lay it out exactly. I'm gonna give the, my little quick summary. But yeah, you've created a union, you've created somebody to represent and a voice, some sort of unification for us. As comics are probably the weirdest people, we have conservatives, we have liberals, we have communists, we have libertarians, and all of them want their voices heard. Uh, all the shitty comics want their voices heard, and all the really good ones don't even won't even call you back. But um, <laughs> but but uh, Sandra, I don't know, man. Before you came on the show today, I was literally I don't know how the fuck Sandra does it. I can't even get to these people's emails, let alone represent them in government. And you've made it to the top. I saw your clips where they were talking about it in uh, I don't know if it was a Queens Park or somewhere they were having like a discussion about how House of Commons. House of Commons. Sorry, no. What was sorry? What they, was they, they were talking about how. Oh, it's, it's, it's a disgrace that it's not recognized as an art form yes. and that they wanted to do something about it and that you got it all the way up there and we were all proud and I want you to tell the people how did you even get started in wanting to do this? Oh my god. I, mean, I don't know if I wanted to start doing it. It just sort of happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great thing. Like, nobody wants to be the head of a comic union. <laughs> I mean, who would want to go through all this? But um, And you get shit for it all the time. Buddy. All it's the time, because like crazy. crazy. It's it fucking crazy yeah. because I'm over here like she doesn't. She's not gaining anything, you idiots. This is just because she wants to do it. They're like, oh my god, Sandra Badalini is fucking Bill Gates. She's working for the Illuminati. She does not have our interest. She's making millions with Adam Grow. They are stacking this all. Over. The the the, 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 crazy, the crazy ones. You oh see what god. I'm saying in the comment section? They get fucking wild, and, and and you're like, what are you talking about? Have you ever met Sandra Badalini? in real life this is a normal person not fucking Bill they think that you're, you have the comics interest not in, in, in your best like you know and, and that's just for sure not the truth just as a person as me knowing you you've helped me out in comedy a lot so you've come to my shows you, you and Phil who is your homie G have helped me out a lot too and you didn't choose this job, like you were saying. So what happened? Well, it was just sort of, you know, uh, it was just grievances that I experienced and I've been hearing from comedians for ever since I started doing comedy. <laughs> Basically, like how, you know, we're not recognized as an art form. Oh my God. 
Do I get to Lineroni? We're gonna we're gonna smoke our I mean, I'm late literally because I had a long cast meeting. <laughs> yeah, did you actually today? You had a long cast meeting. Fuck. Yeah, it was really long. Anyways, was that a bro there? No, he he stepped down. Did he? Yeah. In the middle of the pandemic. No. Yeah. Oh my God, Adam, too much cash cap. <laughs> I mean, he's still involved. He just stepped down off the board, and you know, right? I mean, it's what it makes is, sense. Man. You yes, know? of course, man. It's not an easy job to hold, no. especially one that's so thankless. Everyone always talking shit. People don't talk. It's not everybody. No, most people are grateful. Yeah, I was gonna say like, it's like ninety-five percent grateful, five percent loudmouth idiots who think they know better, who, who would never do anything for anybody, but then judge you for trying to help out anybody. And I think that, you know, it just sort of. Uh, like magnifies what's even happening on the planet right now where people yeah. believe that you know uh, let's say people in government or other leaders um are so somehow not human you know yeah. and and that they're you know certainly some people are taking advantage there's no question about it always but like my experience you know with doing this advocacy work is that People in government are people like you and me. They want change, they got involved. Like not everybody got involved because, oh, I want to be a politician. It was sort of, some people got involved, uh, you know, through issues. Um, and yeah, so basically with, with you know, the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comedians, it came about because I wrote this letter. It was just, it was almost like I had to write down what was going on in the community. I was like, I can't not say anything anymore. It was basically, you know, we don't get, uh, um, we don't get, um, recognizes an art form, we're not allowed to play, apply for grants, and the very difficult time we have going into the United States. Those were the two issues that were the biggest ones, because we, you know, in the last five, ten years, we saw a really major exodus of comedians leave the country because the industry in Canada was had all but almost disappeared. And that was the, you know, that was the result of a lot of things that had a lot to do with eight years of Stephen Harper and had... But most significantly, it had everything to do with Silicon Valley and the movement of social media into the Canadian landscape. And, and their entrance was not, there were no rules set in place. The CRTC didn't put any rules around it. So American media has always dominated Canada. But in the last 10 years, it was probably the, the most significant. And so everyone was like, I gotta leave, I gotta leave. And you didn't, and it was like, you, it, and I just kept thinking, there's something not right here. Why are people leaving like this? What, what's going on in our country? Something stinks, you know? Then when I looked into it, so I did all this research to write a letter to the prime minister just to say, hey buddy, we're over here. Um, because it, it sort of a couple of things sparked why I wrote the letter. I had a web series that, that the, the CBC had greenlit and then they ungreenlit it. <laughs> it was so devastating. And you're like, you son of a bitch. Because it, after the, I was like, oh my God, something's getting made. And then, uh, so it was that, and then... Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it, it, what was the other thing too? Oh yeah, I couldn't headline, I couldn't get any of the clubs to headline me. Yeah, wow. that's what I do, it absolutely would have been. I, like, I want you to know, how long have you been doing stand-up by this point? Well, that's like four years ago, five years ago, so it's like at least, I mean, 10, 10 12 years. 12 years. That's un-fucking-believable. Yeah. And, and I want you to know, I know Sandra as a, as a headliner, as one of the top headliners in the underground world at the time. You were headlining everybody's independent shows, you were headlining any kind of, um, man, like like weed-driven shows, I remember you were a big headliner at the underground, you were doing like some, some of the big female comedy shows in the city, but you could not get onto the club scene. 
Well, I did. Yeah, I couldn't. They wouldn't have. Not even absolute. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't do it. So I was like, I we games. all know yucks is a tight, yeah. tight industry. Well, you know, Yuckx likes to play games with you. So then I was just like, I just want to headline the absolute, and it, it didn't happen. And I was like. Okay, and then I did a lot of research. So before I started writing this letter, I was like, I started doing a lot of research. And one of the other things that sparked this letter was, it was it, during the last election, not this last election, the one before. And you know, I really noticed that when I would go do shows, I was like, I see Canadian comedians were basically canvassing, uh, you know, because of because of all the material. They're like, go vote, and you know, poking, poking, criticizing this the Harper government. Basically, I'm not saying they were saying go vote liberal, it wasn't that, but I wanted to just tell the Prime Minister that this is probably the best, the most grassroots uh, canvassing that you could you could hope for. Yeah, of course. You know, and then, you know, also saying like, look, comedy is one of this country's greatest legacies. Nobody's, nobody, we don't talk about it. And um, why are we, why don't we get funding? So it was like, I just, I just did a lot of research. That's my background I, before I became a comedian. I, I have a master's in history, so. I have this. So you love to learn and compile and research, and so you know what I mean. I just will go. I will just go look where people will stop, and I'll just look. It's like, a yeah, disease. No, but it's good because <laughs> that's why you became the head of shit. And what did you find when you started looking? Into oh this? my god! So why do American comics come to Canada for like fifty bucks, and we can't go there for anything? So basically, it's you know immigration policies are set by the government. Yeah, Canada's is open. It's beautiful. Most that's what that's what we would all uh, hope for. No, so course. Canada has an open immigration policy. Uh, the United States doesn't. And after 9-11, it became increasingly difficult. You know, because people will say, look at all these famous people, these Canadians that went to the US, Mike Myers, uh, Jim Carrey, but they didn't really have that much difficulty to go to the US. I hear from people like, oh, in the 60s, you could just go out on a plane and go to LA. And you just, now you're working there. Well, this is it. So it's like, American comedians, there's literally a section in the Immigration Act that talks about who can come into the country without a work permit. And I looked at all this shit, because I was like, wait a minute, I gotta find what's, where, where are all these rules, you know what I mean? And so it basically, it like literally read it as a joke. It was like, rodeo, uh, rodeo performers and uh, like clowns that. can come to work for a weekend without a work permit. Wow. Because, or- From America to Canada. Yeah. But not Canada to America, there is no. 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 You have to get that O-1 visa. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you have to get an O-1 visa. And where you and I both know comics who have gone through great lengths. 10, 15, $20,000. That's right. To me, it's like, this is when it all started to stink. Because I was like, we have a free trade agreement with these people, and they're, they're putting a head tax on us. Like, Man, this is not a... $20,000 is, is like, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, this is America's policy for the world. America has a foreign... Well, in multiple aspects of their foreign policy, but immigration has become very problematic, especially in the last 10 years. So it was like, I was like, these people come here in our space, they can perform freely. And of course, we want foreign performers. In fact, there are many people in the United States, senators, very, very high profile people who want an open, uh, who want open borders for artists, especially. They, it's, in, it's, in the, it's in the country's self-interest to- Of course, to allow the artists to move freely and entertain the people. And bring people from other parts of the world to the country. You know, there are people in the, in the United States who tirelessly work f on behalf of foreign artists. You know, and you know, sometimes like, then, then of course you start to, uh, uh, what's the word? You start to contextualize everything. And then when you look at the people who have the hardest time to move anywhere around the world are black people wow. from, the, from, the, from Africa. 
Do you know, like this is what was starting to happen, and it's been happening. People get booked in the UK and the United States, troops of people, and then they're stopped at the border and then returned. You know what I mean? Like, and it's and it's it's black people from Africa most like that's where it's the most difficult in different parts of the world. But it's that's what it is. And then you know because it, that I was like, oh look at me being mad. I can't go to the states. But when you look, when you step back and you look, oh okay, you make it more difficult for for uh, for people from Africa to come to your country. So then, so then it's like, you know, then you're looking at that big context. But the difference is, I say, is that look. Canada and the United States have a free trade agreement. We're neighbors. What they're doing ain't neighborly. No, it's shit. So that, that was the whole thing. Like, I wrote the letter and Barack Obama was still in power. And I, was, and I just said to the Prime Minister, hey, if you're talking with Barack Obama, tell him we want reciprocity. Yeah, of course. And then fucking Trump comes in. Jesus. And it was, it was literal insanity. You know, when we, the first trip I took to Ottawa, so anyways, I wrote a letter, it, it, it went viral-ish. People are like, yeah. People are like, oh my god, shared it, and then it wasn't. I didn't intend for all this. You think four years ago I was like, one day a dream of representing, like representing and lobbying for comedians. No, you know what I mean. But then, but it's been so amazing in so many ways. Like very challenging for sure. But so I wrote a letter, and then people were like, you should form an association because you know if you want to lobby, you need to have. It can't just be Sandra lobbying. It needs to be an association. So then an association was formed. And that was, that's going to be three years that it was formed in February. So now I've been working on this for about four years. Man, you're in your fourth year already? Yeah. Me. The association will be three years old in February. What's your main issue right now so that you're most focused on? Passionately or disgruntingly? Give me both. Passionately, no, give me this, give me passionately because it'll be the sweet answer. There's an irony though in the passion because we were supposed, so CAST had been invited to attend the International Trade Creative Industries Trade Commission in Europe. Pretty cool. I was going to go in June. Do you know? Oh, wow, June. This is, a big, this is like a big week. We've been Where is it in Europe? Berlin. Wow. Amsterdam and Stockholm. No. Bro, we were there. We were there. Pandemic comes out. Trip is, is, is postponed. And I was like, no, I'm like, I, and then I was going to stay in Italy. I was going to go and then just go of in course, Italy. Of course, you're there. When in Stockholm, forget about going home, all right? That's Let's why stop. I haven't gone to Europe in 10 years, because if I go, I can't just go. My pet no, pet no, pet you got to go to Italy. You have to yeah. rent a car, just go for a boot. So we were going to go there, and the whole thing came about, the reason we got, like, we, we applied for this, for the, to, to attend, was that, you know, trade missions are usually, like, corp, you know, companies go. But then there's also, like, they invite associations and creative, obviously creative industries people. Um, because, so my passionate interest is the export strategy. Cool. Which is getting Canadians, Canadians outside of the country. And to other places in the world. Around the world. Fuck America, you don't want us? Fuck you. That's exactly. Go to Zurich. Bro, that's what I say in the meetings at Heritage. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. listen, I'm like, you know, we really believe, like, because the, the mission of the Heritage uh, department over the last several years changed. It went from sort of like very, you know, nationalistic to they wanted, it became like um, they, they had, they developed an export strategy to try and find new ways to export Canadian culture and identity. Amazing. So we say, yeah. our pitches, we don't, we believe our interests are so aligned because we believe there's no greater way or cheaper way to export Canadian culture and identity than through stand-up comedy. Wow. What cheap, what's cheaper than bringing a bunch of people on a plane, the microphone's fucking there, 
You know what get I mean? Get a spotlight, get some seats. And, and 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 the point is that if there I don't think there's a greater expression of Canadian culture and identity than through a Canadian stand-up. And I don't mean and I don't mean that like musicians or novelists, but I mean like a real time Okay. A real time. It's not the same. A novelist isn't the same. You gotta read a fucking chapter? That's like come on. Okay, it's great. But I'm saying if, if we're if the, the tellers of the culture Of course are storytellers. But they're doing it because they can do it in real time. You yes, know, something's happened today, somebody goes through a joke at night. This is oh, amazing. This is huge. This is huge. It's fucking huge. Is they loved it, bro. Every time I said, every time I would say that, and I pitched that story several times, yeah. they'd always be like, oh. Yeah. And so, we, you know what's funny? Before our trip in February, we get a letter saying we weren't in the, we didn't get accected. I was devastated. I'm like, come on, I can't do, oh, come on, I just want to do this. So then we go to Ottawa, we sit there, we sit at the meeting of the people we applied to. We're like, you know, our lobbyists are like, we just want to know, like, what did we, what didn't we, um, you know, what can we work on? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we just want you to know, though, that, you know, normally companies come to our trade missions. So, like, we just want you to know that, you know, there's some meetings like we can't set up all your meetings. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like if you want, because they in the application had asked, who do you want to meet with? And oh, I was yeah. like, I don't know. So then I hooked up with Pavone, who had performed in Germany. He hooks me up with this producer who does all the English tours. It is amazing. So that's what you put that on the thing. Put him, and then the, and then you know, I just talked to a bunch of people like Rotterdam Comedy Festival, all these perfect, things. Perfect. And then, uh, so they're like, we, you know, we just want you to know we can't get you in the meeting at Rotterdam Comedy Festival. Like, Don't worry about it. I'm going to get that meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll that. We'll do it. We'll make these calls. We'll be able yeah, to Yeah, I already it. have people to meet with. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't know, need to it, do it. it. They don't know how comedy works. That's how comedy works. They're amazing networkers. Yeah. Especially through like a quick email. Hey, you want to meet up for coffee? You want to do that? Yeah, okay. I know. They don't know that because the corporate, it's not the same. But if it's like we want to be, if we want to meet with the Department of Culture of Germany, of course. Then they'll set up that meeting and, we'll, and, and they're like, yeah, we just want you to know that. So, hey. And then I can't remember what other things they said. It was like, so are we going there? They're like, yes. No. And then we're like, hey. So, so to me, one of the things I say in the meeting was just like, <laughs> Let's forget about the United States because I believe the minute the Canadian comedians start to travel around the world, yeah, in a branded mission, and I don't mean like the government of Canada sending comedians <laughs> up. The <laughs> government, yeah, maybe it should. That would be a funny. That would be a Dude, funny. Dude, all of us going to a country. Maybe we do. That would be a funny. Like it's a train. It's a mission. It's a train. It's a mission. peace mission. It's a peace mission, man. Oh it's, man. I'm telling these. Can I use this? Yo, that was yours now. So, oh, sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm fucking around. I'm just doing this. We'll, we'll keep the thing like. <laughs> so, anyways, they, you know, everyone's excited about it, and it's like that's what that's what I see. Like the minute Canadian comedians do that, then all of a sudden it'll change. It'll change everything because now they'll have gigs that, that you know, like it's all about opening the opportunities, and then all of a sudden people are like, hey, where's Mike? Why is Mike in Sweden? And I'm like, yeah, hey, man, yeah, Mike's doing some shows in a theater. So that when somebody like so and you keep the torch going, that's a secret in comedy is that you pass the torch. If I go to Sweden, my job kill it. Make sure that the show is great, so that when uh, the next comic, when Sandra comes up with her crew, you do the same. You kill it. You keep the torch going. But imagine that, and then on top of that, there's an incredibly strong network of people who are supporting you along the way: bookers, managers, agents, the country, the fucking culture ministers. Yeah, the motherfuckers yeah. gotta help out. They want to help out. So I have that. Well, that's because nobody doing. asked. Yeah, and now you're asking, like, and they're like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And you're like, yeah, you know. And then the pandemic struck, and it's like, what? What the fuck? So like, it was supposed to be in June. Where were we supposed to go first in that? Berlin. Oh, wow, fuck, I shit. Know. 
So anyways, that's the passion. That, uh, but the irony is that, you know, we can't, we can't. So what's the fucking part of the job that you're like? Well, right, so since the pandemic broke, right, it was like we, you know, at first we were just trying to, like with our lobbyists, just trying to make sure that, you know, the Department of Heritage and people in government knew that, um, you know, our industry was obviously devastated. So we had to put, they were like, do you have any numbers? And so we had to put together a very cursory uh, economic impact. Wow. And these are, and cursory, I mean like, you know, to actually have one for real, because when you look at all the industries who would report during the pandemic about what was lost and what was going, they had statistics to prove. Uh, yeah, of course. They had numbers because they had data, they had done stat studies. So CASC has never done that. This is something that we've known for a while, it's something to do, but you know, it costs a hundred grand, man. Of course. But then what's also amazing is that but then right now we're doing a study in Ontario. It's through a grant. There's a company called Nordicity. They apply for a grant to do a study. We get grants for studies, but the, it's funny. We got a grant. We did it. Like we're doing it with them, but like but, it's but, but if the grant is for the study. I get what yeah. you're saying. So it's it's for the it's the first study ever of comedy, and it focuses on Ontario, but it'll be able to start to build a picture of around the, of around the world because wow. you know we meet with the Department of Finance, they're like, what are the numbers? And we're like, what the fuck do you want from us? What exactly. So that's exactly every time you're like writing down, okay, like, so that's the build, that right? That's the door. So, anyways, but the grudgingly thing, begrudging was this, okay, like talking to the minute, doing those kinds of things. Man, that's and that's where we got in shit with a few people where like they made up some shit about what we were doing yeah, like somebody nice. thought that we were trying to we were presenting their t information to the to the to revenue Canada and I'm like are you what, are you? what? what? yeah hey, I, had, I deleted that person on Facebook because I couldn't handle that kind of stuff. it really really that really bothered like I had a really hard time with all that hey that, that level of stupidity of last for me and you're like what are you talking about what are you, what are you fucking talking about you know what she called me no she called me a no good, do nothing, broke goomba. No, she didn't. She did. She wants a good goomba to you? You mentioned a goomba? Yeah. And then I was like, you yeah. know what I mean? This is slanderous and racist. I, I deleted her because I could not deal. I, I love you as a person. I always loved your stand up. I respect you, Sandra. That was good I knew that she was writing this shit about you. I deleted her right away. I was like, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want Sandra to look and see my fucking name as a mutual friend, because I'm not a fucking mutual friend. It's ain't the same mutual. It's like shit, get the fuck out of here. So straight up. <laughs> I know I know that you're out here fucking taking slack from these fucking open micers who who couldn't open who couldn't do, you know, who couldn't follow you if their life depended on it. And they're over here being like Sandra Badalini is putting five G chips in your fucking kids. <laughs> She wants to vaccinate yeah. your pets. Oh my the bitch god. The bitch is crazy. She's so crazy. I can't, it's loopy. Yeah. It's like, what do you think they're doing? They're all, have you ever met these people? These aren't fucking evil people who are trying to. What are they trying to take from you? I know. You're not. Literally, I could not. What are you taking from me? It's because all I'm reading is that it seems like you're trying to get us shit. You're trying to get us on a, a, an even playing field with some of our neighbors here. And uh, and, and people and, are finding and the they don't, shit. And they don't recognize that that's the way it's done. The biggest lobbies in the country. Why do you think teachers make so much money? Buddy, a strong lobby. Yeah, of course, they're over there talking shit all the time. All the time. Hey, all the time. Hey, what's up, Lou? Hey, what about the teachers? What about our unions? What about the, all kinds of Do you know that Amazon was in Ottawa, I don't know, in a really short period, 27 times? Why? Why do you think? Just so talking. Just well, Amazon, so they can have a business here. And that's why. And, and, and circumvent a lot of laws and rules. 27 times in one year? 
Like, wait, a shorter period than that. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Man, see, that's, like, imagine, like, 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 okay, imagine having, imagine having, like, a rich funder, and then you could just lobby the shit out of the government constantly. Hey, what about stand-up? Stand-up promise. Forget about us. Yeah, that's what, that's the goal. Why are you chirping their ear constantly? You just gotta fucking... Us? How do yeah. we do it? Write letters. We set up meetings. Like, you know, we hired lobbyists. From the beginning, we did. Because yeah. they reached out to us. And then it was like, oh, yeah, these people actually get things going. Like, they were the ones that, when we first launched three years ago, and they, you know, heard me on the CPC, they're like, well, the NAFTA is being renegotiated, so... Let's actually, get you a little... Uh... And, and, and uh, labor mobility is a top issue for the Canadians. And then I, you know, gathered the... the, the I gathered the... And I love that term, labor mobility. That's yeah. exactly the most political shit I ever heard. Like, <laughs> yeah. We just want to go there and tell jokes. No, no, no. It's, it's labor, labor mobility. You're going over there to work. You're laboring. Don't let anybody fucking put other words about what this is. <laughs> I love that you're Italian because I like to picture you the head of a union, but not as you professionally, but as a more Italian, like, <laughs> you're going to let the people laugh this year, and you're going to let them laugh for free. <laughs> and, uh, like, just American woman being like, all right, Mrs. Badalini, we don't want any problems here on our side of the border. We want you and your Canadian college to come over here. Dude, that is so Can funny. Can people see like that? Dude, how funny Let's would that be? Let's That'd be hilarious. Come you on, at the border. It's just you at the border, and what are you doing? And yeah, you. I'm coming here to represent <laughs> Canadian comedy. What? What are you talking about? I run the union here. <laughs> yeah, we already started to talk into some... We know that eventually we'll be going to uh, uh, Congress. Cool. I have it yourself. I'm not saying it's me. Who's going to do it? You guys got a speaker? You guys got a person who's got it? eventually. Do you know, this shit takes money. That's the thing. What a disgusting... It's a disgusting world. But yeah, I was like, that's but disgusting. It, but it's, it's like... But people love comedy, and they people have a hard time paying for comedy on a I, ground level, okay? Like, an open mic, people don't want to pay $5 for yeah. it. People don't even want to give them 5 And And minimum wage is $14. You should be able to give up one hour of your life of work for an hour of entertainment. And, and listen, you know, when you think about like in our country like music yeah 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 because like you know you were one of the am I, can I talk to you yeah, yeah sure yeah we're here one yeah, of our yeah. producers off I mean, camera is know, like a legendary dude in the scene yeah. Morgan was one of the first people when I started doing this to say you know really look into music and you gave me a background I was like yeah that's so interesting and then I wanted to know more and I found out more and, you know and then and then so just recently we had a meeting with Sopan wow. you know Sopan yeah, yeah. They, they came to us no yeah oh my god they're like hey we want to find out about you we're like alright yeah we'll have a meeting nicest people we had like a debrief session with him and another guy from Toronto a guy from LA they wanted to know what Canadian comedy was like wow and you know what they said what that comedy is like music was in the in the sixties. We are sixty years behind. That's what they're saying right they, now. Yeah, because they start oh, Canadian comedy in our industry. Yeah, because the, the reason why music has all most money in our country when it comes to arts, they got the, the most, and that's why the most. And I don't mean like I don't mean like or they're taking somebody else's pieces of pie. No, no, they're they pie. fucking worked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, I know that there are people that say that the system is flawed too, and blah blah blah. But you know, in, in for cask, we modeled ourselves after music. So it's like when you look at music, like you can't even play somebody's fucking music in a restaurant. Like I met people who do that lobby. You know, who work that thing, you know, work that like go in and talk to like different venues and you know ensure that. It's so like you know the thing about the thing about when people chirp and don't understand is because they don't know the larger context. I'm not. We're not asking for anything that we that's not rightfully ours. Correct. 
you know that's the one thing that I've never understood. You're fighting for the comics. You're fighting for our rights. To, to, to just be level with musicians. We just think it would be nice to be yeah. level with musicians. Well, and, but the, our, our biggest allies have been people in the music industry. Thank God. Oh yeah, they've been the best. They 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 sent us. They set us. I mean, one guy set us up. Like what's up? Everything. <laughs> nice. You know, and I don't mean like he went out and like made folk, like he wasn't working for us. Just sent you a nice list of some shit. Well, and then he connected us and did all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you think about it, like, this, 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 you know, before Christmas, I like I had come to this realization that, um, you know, uh, that the only issue that was important, the only thing that we should be concerned about is the earth. Nice. Like our relationship to the earth. Sure. I just read Naomi Klein's book, like On Fire. What the, is it? It's it's a it's a book. Like, do you know Naomi Klein? No. She's like this famous Canadian, like you know, uh, journalist. Like, uh, what does she write about? I mean, she writes. But she writes about politics. Okay. But but she talks about like you know she but she very much talks. About, the United States is pretty much always. I mean she lives there, but she's Canadian. Okay. Okay. And she's fucking the best. Anyways, her book is it's a it's called On Fire: The Burning Case for a Green New Deal. I don't know if you heard cool. about, you heard about the Green New Deal. No, tell me about it. So the progressives in the Democratic Party in the United States, okay. Alessandro Ocasio Cortez, that group of people, penned this deal, this Green New Deal. Okay. And it's modeled on Roosevelt's New Deal that everybody always talks about. I'd always heard about it. I'm like, what is this? It was this this, this system, this thing that in the 30s, was it the 30s? 30s about 40s, re- yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, it was, and parts of the United States had been environmentally destroyed. Yeah, he, all, he was the dude who wanted to sign all the parks and all that shit to not yes. destroy all the national parks and all that kind of stuff. So that was the infrastructure that America was built on that de- deteriorated till now. Well, heavy. Do you know what I mean? Okay. They, they did that. So anyway, the Green New Deal is based, it's not that just the Americans invented the Green New Deal. It's like they, they penned this Green New Deal that, you know, everybody's working on it. But it basically is a, it's going from a what I call a corporate fascism to a shared economy. Okay. Where, you know, everyone shares in, um, you know, the, 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 the capital. Uh, that'd be great. Because the other way is fucking is thievery. Well, it's what, we're leaving, it's what we're living in now, and it's thievery. Yes. And we're all struggling. No, now we're all struggling. We all know that there's so much more better, and that it's just greed. It's just greed that's stopping it. This big wall of greed. And why do we keep following these people? Because we're being brainwashed. Not us. Not you and I. Not me. Not even anybody in this room. But there's a mass amount of pot of people, and, and and God bless them. A lot of them are just. Undereducated folk who have been droned in to work, who could never even believe what you're saying is correct. You're telling me that a poor person wants to take money from you? You are the poor person, you fucking idiot. Yeah. They're robbing it from you. I don't want your money. You you want that billionaire's money. You make you make his product. He makes his billions on your ass. You should make at least hundreds minimum. Just just at the, but then everything else will cost more. No, it won't. That's yeah, because not the, the rich people, up. the rich people keep inflating the cost. That's no. correct. They keep inflating it. So what you need politicians to stop them from invading. Well, then they'll find a way to. You can stop it if you just think ahead. Yeah. They won't let you do it though. They stop you with. 
This is where conquer and divide comes in. How can you and I and the masses focus on something of that level when we're too busy worrying about whether or not police are killing black people, whether or not hicks are respecting women, whether they divide us. We fight every day yeah. with our brothers and sisters yeah, yes. instead of us focusing that these motherfucking rich fucks are stealing it from yes. us. Okay? They, how can we focus on these rich guys? We can't. I don't even, some people don't even know their names. People don't even know what a Rothschild is. Like, what the <laughs> and you're like, don't you understand that these farmers created a system so that we could never excel? And the only way you're going to excel is by ripping off other hardworking people. That's the only way the system works. You want to become a billionaire? You profit off other people's misery and hard work. And, and it's a bullshit system. But also, but also believe, like not believe, but know that like, you know, the last time in the 60s and the 70s, when all there was same unrest, right? Same unrest, there's protests, you know, Detroit, Newark, all these places. And then they label these people hippies and, and rioters. And see, back in the day, it would be hippies. These hippies want your fucking. But that's what uh, they made it seem like. Of course, they label and, you and something. They, I'm reading this book right now called The American Deep State. Well, you, know, you know about this? I've only, I've only read, I've only read about the book. I have not read the book. So tell me more. About you know about this? You know about the deep state, right? What are we talking about here? Like the original system that they planted? Okay, go. Anyways, it's this, so the, the guy who's this specialist is Peter Dale Scott. He's a. Um, He's Canadian, but a bit, but he's been a professor at Berkeley. He's really old now, but Love that shit. he's amazing. So he's a specialist in this. Basically, he says that there is, you know, two kinds of government in the United States, okay. and, and most democracies have what he calls a deep state. Okay. But America, okay, their deep state, like you know, he's talking about theirs. And then after World War II, this deep state emerged. So there's a, there's the public facing government that people know, like politicians. Uh, and stuff, and then there's the the shadow government who really runs everything. Amazing, of course. And and he says that those people were responsible for what he calls deep events, like the JFK assassination. I was gonna say like everything. Now, that, yeah. I'm reading about it now. Like I can't believe it. I can't even. I can't believe. I'm like they made it happen in the United within the government, course, but in the man. shadow government. Yo, man, these people thrive, thrive on negative. Okay, and this shit is like when you really get deep into it, this shit has been happening since some of the original societies like we're going back we're going back to like these people but it's but it's it, but it's we've been at high levels too do you know what I mean of course so well, like we've that's been how at, we balance yeah give me because you're right now I want you to keep going no no yeah no I mean I don't know what we were saying about like we're talking about the deep state and how, right the deep state okay, and how they were thriving from negativity and how they control what's going on in America how we've also been on the other side of that but how what you were talking about how they control these big events yeah so so they so you know like there was a time where labor and capital really got along in the United States powerful unions people are making good money sure these steel the industry was massive yeah yeah, yeah. America and was making it make it made everything. I mean, we do too, but I'm just saying, like, it was really, and it was built on quality. So you know, happens? a lot of it was quality. A lot of it was, and then, and then, and then it was quality. But then it was fucking poisonous. People were like, why don't we manufacture plastic and put sugar on it so your kids can eat this shit? Yeah, weird. And then that's what, shit. Is that what you went to fucking uh, the Middle East for yeah. to burn people so that we could eat fucking petroleum? Wow. It's stupid fuck. What? Okay. These people. <laughs> no, sorry. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, do you think that kind of stuff 
is ever going to change in America. Like th- that's like what you're talking about is deeply ingrained oh. in American society and the culture that they're okay with all this crazy fucking shit. Because you're right, America was once a leader in the world, and now they're not. And, and I mean, you never can glorify. You're like, oh, like when you know when they. Americans have this fixation to say that they're the best country in the world, the greatest country in the world. And they still say it. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are looking at, but what we're seeing is that like you this is why they this is why they did what they did. Have I have, do you know the black snake prophecy? No, tell me this. Oh my god. What's the black snake prophecy? Morgan, have I told you this? No. Okay. Yeah, you so, know even more about it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? No, I know. I mean, because I, I, I talked to him a lot. Um, but, oh yeah, so the Black Snake Prophecy is, so the indigenous elders predicted all of this. Okay. They said that a black snake would weave through North America, and it would poison, and it, it was the it was the pipelines, but they didn't know at the time. Of course, what they're it, describing is what they see as a black snake. So and then it would poison all the land and the people in the water around it. And that either you would follow that black snake or take the red road back to Mother Earth. Weird. And I like I say this I say further that America took that black snake and they weaved it around the planet with Hollywood at the helm being like, hey everybody, look at America. We're great, we're having fun. Right. We're fighting wars. And it's like, yeah, fighting the wars you fucking started. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody came on your door and you're like, hey, are you ready for fighting yeah. now? Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready for a fight? You're looking at my girl. Oh, she's standing there alone. Well, what are you talking about? Yeah, America's like a drunk neighbor who will punch you up. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, sorry. And then they're like, no, I'm going to fuck you some more. It's like... And, and, and the kids and the wife are real sweet. But the husband just this asshole guy who yells and kicks the dog. And she's like, stop kicking the dog. Shut the fuck up. Oh, man. And, and, one, and two of the most evil people that have ever sat in that motherfucking government is... Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld. Classic, dude. They set the fucking stage for the misery that we are living right now. They made sure that the, all the money would go to the top because the 60s and 70s, the rich people gave this. Peter Dale Scott, Scott talks about it. Great people came together, rich people, because they saw that their their uh, wealth was being threatened. Yeah. Of because they saw these movements of people, the left was building. They fucking worked to make sure they quashed it all by like, you know, enslaving us to all the, the stuff we had to pay them for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Can and you give me an example of what you mean by that. What? How did they? How did they push the message? that the left was wrong, that the wealth shouldn't be split. Because that's a message that I, it seems obvious. Well, they just couldn't, how did the 1% change the message? Yeah, how, did, how do you, I, I always find it strange that like poor people are usually some of the most vocal about like rich people keeping their money. Have you ever seen like, do you know what I mean by that? People let yeah. us struggle and be like, I don't want the government taxing me. They're not taxing you, oh, right. they're taxing the rich people higher. 70% of <laughs> Like that's not what they're saying. They're talking about like seventy percent after you make like ten mil, bil, million in profit because you don't need anymore. <laughs> yeah, what if I make ten million in profit? <laughs> like, I, what would you what would you want them to do if, if if we could tax the rich? Where does money go? Where do you, where would you want it to go? It would go equally. It would go into the Green New Deal shared economy. Okay. So it's this. So the Green New Deal is like basically. You know, converting the entire uh, energy 
into like geothermal and sun. Of course. And 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 be, and it's it's what's known as the third industrial revolution. It's coming like, no matter what we coming. want. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you know, so that's where we're that's where we're going. So it's like converting into that, and then having an economy. It's not like there's not capital. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but that, but that, um, you know, it, it'll it'll have all of the policies in place to ensure that there's equality amongst everyone not based on your on your skin color or your status that like what you're contributing is part of the larger good you know what i mean i'm about it and and, well, and, and then you would so for example you'd be a comedian but then part of your time would be to go like check in on the elderly or you know re rejuvenate the city in toronto we need lots of trees let me go plant some seeds and they man. pay you Man, that's you, the green economy. See, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's a that's the gift of God. You know what? I'm going to tell you what people are going to do. They're going to call. We're going to try to teach that to a new generation of people. They're going to call it an indoctrination that you're making the, the people soft, and that's not. You got to stick your guns. People don't want that. I, mean, I, mean, I don't think that energy anymore. It's like they, they, it's part of that Piscean no, era. It's no. disappearing. Fuck. I know places, that sucks that you said that. I feel bad. I know. But just, I know what you're talking about. We're leaving that right into the age of what is it? Aquarius or something? Aquarius. I know. I, I was reading about that the other day, and I was so sad because I'm a Pisces. I'm fuck shit. Pisces, why not fucking suck? Aquarius, <laughs> no. I know, but Aquarius is stepping up. I know we're supposed to wait in this ascension, this awakening. See, I feel it coming. You and I feel it. Maybe other people. In this yeah, you feel it. it. You embody it. You're always living. You're always always living that on energy. I know. I'm you're always, always living on the energy. Trust. I try to give it out as much as I can because I get lots of it. Okay, I wake up in the morning and the universe is sending me beams, and I, all my <laughs> job send it right back up. I got nothing to do with this shit. I, I gotta make I'm, you laugh. I gotta you know give you a hug, that kind of thing. But I, I'll tell you straight up. I, I, I'm about that. I'm about the ascension. I'm about the connection to nature. I'm about fucking the growth. I'm about letting grass overgrow naturally and becoming one with you. I'm about that. How are we going to allow people... Look, man, not everybody is, is, is... I hate to use this term because it's been fucking cliche, but it's... They're not awake to those ideas. They are not... So they will, they will not survive. They're just gonna have be left behind. Well, this is what the thing they say about the Aquarian Age is that in order to like so Piscean era was about like secrets and lies and like you know and and the, and the Aquarian Age is all about openness and you know truth honesty and that the only way to survive what's happening on the planet is by being in community. So guess what? Did this pandemic put us in community? Beyond community. Because yeah. you know what I was saying? I was like, you know what this is? I was like, it's it's like we made the earth sick with our garbage and now we're sick. Thank God. And then and then it's like it's like the mom who's been telling the kid to clean up. And they're like, yeah, mom, I'll, yeah, I'll Your do room it. Stinks. Yeah. yeah. There's flies in your fucking room. And then she's like, she's had it. So one day she's like, I'm done. I'm going for a nap and you're grounded. Yeah. Unless you want to come with me. <laughs> and that's what I think, that's what's happened. It's like, she was just like, because I feel, you know, I've been obsessed about the environment and I'm like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this in 10 years? Knowing all these evil people. And then I'm like, look at that. Mama Earth just fucking reminded me. It's crazy how quick she could change back and be like, oh, you want me to clean the oceans? Oh, what do you think this is? You think I won't start cleaning these oceans? Man, she'll, she'll fuck us up, man. I'm, I'm down. I'm down for Mother Nature to make some cool strikes. This like, is, this is a, you want to hear about this cool strike? This yeah. makes me think of this cool strike. Yeah, yeah. So when you were saying, like, what would I want to see? Like, the, the idea of capital should disappear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, people accumulate certain things, but, like, this idea that, like, you know, cap is like some guys got to have all the capital and everyone else is like, I got to work and I'm polluted, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you. Why? You know, you know what? 
everything that we could have been at this, whatever we want to egoically say, technological advancement. We could have been here if we would have, A, listened to our indigenous people. Because you know what? 20, 40 years ago, the indigenous people have been saying to the fisheries industry, stop fishing salmon because yeah. they, they're infected with lice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the fishery industry says, yeah, we, we've been consulting with the indigenous people. And they're like, no, they haven't. No, because we've been warning them about this. And so, so that's when the Canadian government, the, the Canadian government and the, yeah, the government got into conflict with the, with the indigenous people, you know, there's a, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, from what I understand, there was a time where there was like negotiation and then it broke down when Canada was like, okay, you keep talking about this mother earth. I got to get this building built over. I know, I know. Right? I always think about that. And then man. they just fucking kept shutting them down and saying, you, what the fuck are you talking about mother earth? What are you talking about the sky? Like they, they, they took over through, through theft and you know, murder. Lying. They never taught anybody. After they did it, they didn't teach the kids that that's what they did. It's like, when I was a kid, you know what I learned about indigenous people in Canada? That we worked together. They taught the English and French how to catch animals and pelts, and there was a fair fur trade, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and they ran down the mighty St. Lawrence from Quebec to Ontario to trade the furs with the local. It's fucking... And then the first time, you'd be like an indigenous just person, yeah, you just mad. So you're like, yeah, man, what was with that fur trade? I'm like, fur trade, slavery, you idiot. They were murdering. It's genocide. They're killing us. They're killing our animals. They're overhunting. They're overfishing, polluting our waters. And you're like, oh my god, for real? Is that what it is? And then they just call. They're like, yes, man. I never use the word native anymore. You can't even use yeah. the word native. It's fucking wild. Because and the crazy thing is, right now when you were talking, remember I kind of whispered the word wild to you, because you were talking about how the Canadian, the indigenous people have to answer to the Canadian government, which is fucking crazy because it's the indigenous people who are the people of the land. The government should be answering to them. They are the peoples of our fucking land. It's crazy that in our history books that I fit, I swear to God, I did not even think of indigenous people as other peoples of our land. I thought of them, and this is embarrassing, but it's the truth, because this is what I thought till I was like 18. And so you become like an adult, you meet real fucking indigenous people. That I thought that they were just people who lived here and, and we saved them. We saved them from like, you know, forests and they were like people who were like once just like like monkey type yeah. slowly like you get what I'm talking about yeah. like 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 literally Simple. barbaric yeah. like and you're like what the fuck am I thinking and then and then I swear to God it's a true story man we did some acid with this person and we <laughs> we talked about indigenous issues and it was the first time that I, I had like uh, like I felt I kind of cried a little bit I was like man this fuck I didn't know about this shit because you just don't know you just don't know. <laughs> You feel so stupid. You're like, well, I thought you guys were trading. No, how could you know everything? I thought you were trading first. Like trading, they were killing our people, scalping our fucking men, raping our women. Oh I'm like, my God. what? You're like, yeah, they would come and take the kids away from the moms. And, and I'm like, when did this go on to like 1800s to like 1960? And then you're just melting your seat. You're like, what? And then you know, the RCMP would literally fly into a into like you know a reserve, and they kid, they took the children. Yeah, they How? Can you imagine that shit? And then they still, and then they, and everyone's still posturing. The United States and Canada, they they need to declare that Canada needs to declare that what 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 happened to the, our indigenous people is genocide. 
That's the only way we're going to move forward they, with this they shit. They just admitted that they're going to start, or didn't admit that they finally changed, that they've made mistakes in the education system, that they'll be changing it to teach a more real story of the genocide. I think it'll change a generation of kids. Yeah. Because I didn't fucking, I still got it. I in America, what, what, in America, same thing. It's a genocide, what they did to African, people of African descent. Oh, awful. Awful, awful, awful. And the worst thing is I come from Portuguese ancestors. When we were kids, we would learn that Portuguese people were big in the slave trade. Like we yeah. were stealing people from Africa. What about the, Italian, what about the Italians? Christopher Columbus. Come on. We build the boats. Spanish, everybody gets it together. All of us team up. Let's go. Italy, Spain, Portugal. Steal some black people. Let's go. We're going to go look for India. We got to Brazil. Uh, it's India. Let's go. It's India. What is, what is that other than ego, right? You know what I mean? Like, this is what, I, you know, ego is what drives these things. It's right. again. The black snake. What was what is Hollywood? Like everybody's following this black snake. You know what I mean? Hollywood was is telling just stories. And it's like, what, why are we all going down there to do what? To go live in a country that we had to pay a tax to get into? Yeah. When we're supposed to be friends? Uh, and then a the pandemic hits, and you got and the fucking Ford pops yeah, up yeah. from everywhere because they're like, oh, we don't support anybody because we're paying fucking Jeff Bezos five hundred billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. We're too busy getting that fuck money. Like, fuck you, man. You got more than that. That's the whole point. Is that like this is what I said before the, when the pandemic happened. I'm like, if they had all this money, then where the fuck was it before? You know what I mean? Paying us serve. It's like they've made up lies. All like I believe, you know, and I was I said this before the pandemic, that if everything just shut down 50%, like all production 50%, our our, our work week 50%, everything, our bills, you know what I mean? Like half of the shit that's being made on the planet is g- plastic garbage. Garbage. Who the fuck? I can't believe it, it like Hey, I don't buy my daughter Kinder Surprise anymore. Don't buy any plastic. Well, you can help. I can't. I can't because we go to the Dollarama sometimes like a fucking piece of shit. No, no, don't. You're not a piece of shit. I, I don't think God. that way. Cause I do. It's handy there. I know. I, I mean, go too sometimes. I go to the Dollarama. I'll buy my kid. This is for real. I'll buy my kid like a little squirt water gun. It'll break in two minutes, and I'll feel like trash. I'll be like, look at me. You got seduced. What am I gonna do with this thing now? It's broken. It's plastic. It's gonna go to the garbage. It's gonna fill a landfill for fucking fifty years before it even. Can you believe that? No, I think it's gonna be there for hundreds of years. Because you know what? You know what kind of economy we live in, like this. And there's another thing that I hate when they talk about the economy is suffering. Oh, the economy's doing bad. You know what I mean? Like, like it's a fallacy. Yeah. Like this economy that we've been made to be afraid of. It's like, what is economy between between business between two people? A group of people. There's always been a economy. I'll tell you what. You know who who suffers is the is these um, inflated like industries that aren't real. You know who we know who should be doing great in this time. Farmers opening up farmers markets. Let's get let's go buy some fresh fucking berries. Yeah, but let's go back to roots. Let's go back to but let's go back to the norm. I don't need these fucking plastic things. I don't need these shoes. Mother Earth, Earth. yes, man. Mother Earth, will you see what Mother Earth? Did? Everyone's like, oh, this planet's done. Three months off, this bitch is fucking regenerating. Well, she's getting ready to. I know she's cleaning up a little bit. But because it's like, no, you gotta stop. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so fucking weird. See, that's what I like, man. I like the idea of us not having to rely on store. Oh man. Okay, what about these fucking billion dollar loss companies stealing two dollars from their employees again? I I just talked about this in this I I do like I do these cooking videos. <laughs> I talked about this just recently where I was like, uh, um, what the fuck did you say? The loss taking the two bucks. Yeah, 
Like, the fact that they took away their pandemic pay, like, what were they getting paid anyways? Yeah, they get paid like 13 bucks or something crazy. Listen, it is. I talk about this in this thing. 30 years ago, my sister yeah. was working at Miracle Food Mart. Did you wow. guys have that here? I, I remember seeing it. I remember seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm yeah, from yeah. Sunbury. So we had, tw- 30 years ago, she was, I think, in high school and university. She was making 20 bucks an hour. Wow. The top cashiers were making 25, I think, and $30 an hour. It's 30 years ago. Do you see what deteriorated? There was fucks in the 60s and 70s, this whatever, Illuminati, 1%, whatever the fuck they are. They did, they organized, like there's there's names of these groups. And the know. biggest peddler, the biggest peddler, yeah. the United States Chamber of Commerce. They've been doing bad shit. And how did they do it? Just from behind the scenes, controlling well, numbers? Yeah, it's like the deep state, right? They and, and then they create these things that then start to act as though they're part of the United States and so you can't tell where you think that that you know there, there's organizations that I've heard where I'm like oh that's an American institute, you know government thing and you're like no that's not it operates like all these groups of people that operate in like the, the people I don't know if I'm sure if you're in, in Washington as a politician yeah, yeah. you know there's a deep state no choice. You have they to have do. to know. Like, how can you not know? And you know who they control and who they use to do. They put in power on purpose to just let these things fly. But you know what I like? I always like to believe that guy. You know who Mitch McConnell is? I love that Mitch McConnell because he's been in power for like a trillion years. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And he's just like everybody hates him, but he just never goes away. You're like, how? Who's electing this guy? How does this guy get <laughs> power? Oh, because they just come out and talk to you every couple of years. They got a campaign. I'm like, I'm gonna help make change. You know oh, what I mean? Man, but their campaigns. They America is so cool because they, they can just get money from anybody and a bunch of associations and companies and they can just funnel it through other people. That's fucking sick, man. It might not be cool for us the public. If you're a politician, that's fucking sick. That makes sense. Those yeah. guys are loops, man. Nobody, and we have to admit that the left and the right admit that that's crazy, but they both let it happen because it helps both of them. We got people supporting the left and we got people supporting the right. It's fucking, man, okay, okay, okay. We're getting too deep here. We gotta chill out. Let's take a second, okay? I, you know, I feel like this one, this one is America is Fuck America. Let's, oh, let, man. let's focus on Canada Black for a second. Man. Yeah, they're the worst. And they reach into our fucking world so much. And then, you know, okay, hold up, we're getting back in. What about Canadian shit? How do you feel about the Canadian, not the Canadian economy, the Canadian government and where we are right now as a people and a government? Well, I think that, you know, whereas our neighbors south of the border had a leader that in a political system so unstable yeah. that in three days into the pandemic the system collapsed <laughs> do you know what I mean I was like oh look at, if anybody has an argument for why this post-capitalist society works they should be shot in the face I'm not going to shoot them you know what I mean it's like wake the fuck up right and and then and then and then like and then they're like, oh, we're gonna give you guys 1200 bucks, and that's it. And then they put them back to work. They have the highest cases of COVID in the world. And they don't stop, they just and keep chugging along. Yeah. You know why? Because America don't give no bucks. Because they can't profit off of the pandemic. They're great. And they're still trying to make deals with the devil still, you know what I mean? Like, they're all about the it. black snake, it's a devil. You don't think about that. Think about, that's the thing, the devil, when you look at the personification of America, yeah. which became their president. Of course. And, and, you know, was that it was the devil always shaking the bells and being like, look at us over here. You know what I mean? Come over here. Come and get all these jewels, all these gold, all this. Look what I got. You know, all this great stuff. Don't you want it? Don't you love it? Yeah. Look, don't, 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 don't you, don't you want to fucking, yeah, 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 yeah. I know but then just the, obs- then, 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 like, anything could be made. Then meanwhile, like, people are producing all this shit. And then, the, like, one of the worst fucking criminal offenses 
is fucking Bill Clinton when he, during his presidency, like 56,000 factories le- left the United States. 56,000 factories. In the 80s, under, like when he was in power. Wow, what did he do? He must have raised something, he must have done some shit. Oh yeah, they, they passed laws for this to happen without referendum. They just did that on their own. And then all of a sudden, people are like, oh, you know, the middle class gets dis- disappears off, off of, uh, off of America. Dude. A lot of a lot of black uh, um, families, like they were, you know what I mean. People were making good money. Man, that's why they ripped all that apart. Wouldn't you just love the middle class? What I wouldn't do to be fucking middle class. Like, well, working middle class, it's like I know, like middle class. I mean, we could. We're not middle class, but we're. What I wouldn't do to be middle class. What is class? I fucking hate those. I don't like the class. Do you know what I want? You want the style? Yeah. You I want, want middle style? Yeah, I want middle, middle style. class style. I want to wear nice khaki shorts and like a polo shirt, and then like my daughter be like, oh, dad, uh, can we have some ice cream? And I'd be like, ah, of course, dude. <laughs> 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 you know? Instead, it's like, dad, can I have a greaseable? Get your fucking greaseable, you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, because I, uh, I'm going to tell you something. I grew up so blessed even though I was the third child of an immigrant family and I I thought we were middle class I was so blinded by how happy I was as a kid that I one time asked my parents if we were millionaires oh that is this sweet oh my god I swear to god and I remember because of how they reacted they looked back in the car and were like what are you talking about I'm like we have a nice house we have a nice car we millionaires and my dad just being like fuck you like he didn't say crazy but he was being like I don't don't want you to know man nowadays obviously like man I could never even afford to live in the city that I grew up in like like I look at trying to buy a house see how stupid that is I try to. I have to buy a house like at two hours away. That's what like or an hour and a half away. That's how far away I have to live from the city. That is the new in the new economy in the green new economy. That wouldn't happen. Man, how could it? It's disgusting that it happens. Yeah. Unless you want to live with three of your friends at fucking thirty years old, and you better have some good fucking friends because I ain't living with nobody who takes shits and doesn't flush at thirty years old. Yeah. Okay, and that's. It, and we don't need all those storefronts. Like, what's gonna? We Store were asking about what, what you were gonna ask. We yeah. were asking you about what I think about Canada. What yeah. we think. I mean, like, as a. So I think, like, you know, I'm saying compared to our uh, neighbors on the south, and I know we always talk too much about these people. Um, whatever. Uh, during the pandemic, our prime minister addressed the country. Right. He was logical. He always had something to announce, mm-hmm. and he gave people money. At the end of the day, they knew that's right. why. That's why you can tell these people are smart. Not because, but we wouldn't expect them to be any more. Like we wouldn't want them to be any less smart. Because if they didn't pay us, then people in town would be like, "Yeah, motherfucker, we're gonna hunt you down, or we're gonna go no, on the streets." Yeah, it would have lasted. You, it I swear to God, it would have lasted two weeks. People wouldn't like, you know. Man, I, I, I'm on that serve. I love that shit. I'm gonna tell you straight up. This whole time has been such a cleansing of my personality. So much ego has been dropped. Yeah, so much of that. my old act, I can't even imagine connecting to it anymore. There's so much more that I want to talk about. There's so much more that I think humans need to ascend to and talk about. I think, um, I think, I think humans are done being pandered to and, and being talked down to by rich folks who think they're better than us because they have a nicer car and they live a better life. Because those folks are, what their little folks are doing are propping up the even more rich, okay, by making us feel like shit. Some of the most blind people I know are some of the most rich I know. And they turn them, because their, their, their issues are so different than ours. They watch, you ever watch like a, like, okay, a friend of mine is definitely rich. 
he was talking about Black Lives Matter, and I just couldn't imagine. I just couldn't imagine having that point of view. These people are stupid. What the hell are they talking about? Of course, Black Lives Matter, but it's only Asian lives. And, and it, it was one of those dudes you're just like, what are you talking about? So he, and I didn't say anything at the time because I'm fucking weak. And I didn't say shit at the fucking time because I hear him talk, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, sir. That's whatever, you know? <laughs> but I wish I had more balls. I wish I had more balls to explain to people why moving forward we have to unite as one. Not, not, not in the sense that I don't believe in black lives. What I'm talking about is we need to unite as one to focus on who's actually oppressing us. It's not white, it's not black, it's rich. All ultra makeup, Jeff Bezos, fucking, there's so many, but they're, yeah. Do you know that like billionaires around the planet, their fortunes were declining during the pandemic, except for American billionaires whose fortunes increased. Does that... Dude, does that not sound like deep state shit to you? That's beyond deep state shit. You know what do I like? Know what I, mean? the, I like that they're probably not even for fucking like like okay. Okay. I love this. This is getting so I know, this, is, this is an amazing conversation. This is a good podcast of fun. I, I think you know what I mean? We haven't like, what weed is this? This is guys, anybody out there? If anybody's out there. Yeah, if you're anybody out there, me and Sandra literally had to put the brakes on our conversation right now because it's getting fucking Okay, so when it comes to America, obviously deep state, all this. What? Why? why, why? Okay, obviously when you, when you get we into talk about Canada it, more. Canada and England, obviously England has its own deep state style that controls us here too, but not really anymore. But obviously in a weird way with the money and the fucking yeah. uh, governor general or whatever the fuck all that crap is. <laughs> I'm here to report for the Queen, and the Queen says yes to absolutely, absolutely everything for the last hundred years. Why the fuck is she still on our money? Give her a little pin in the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? But she's got to take all that space. She's on the money. Come on. Because it's her money. Yeah, right. Yeah, this bitch is like, yeah, I'm gonna get every twenty dollars. Like, this is, oh, this is so nice. Okay. This is the, you know, this is the whole thing. The system. Okay, we talk about Canada. Yeah, the prime minister, like, you know what I mean? Pandemic, whatever, they dealt with it. There was a lot of hysteria, a lot of fear. Yep. Uh, but, but at the same time, like, you know what was amazing? Our country, they all got together. There was no political, like, it was across the board. Everyone came on. Look at what happened to fucking Rob Ford. Is that not like a miracle, like a transformation of a human being? Yeah, you know, you can shit on him when he's shit, but we had to we have to say like, yo, he shit sometimes. This motherfucker stepped the fuck up over here. He wanted to help out everybody, make sure there was loot. I'm gonna tell you too, man. Do you, okay, do you think, as a country, that will in the future lock down quicker? Because Canada watched everybody lock down for a while and we didn't do nothing. I thought that was kind of cool. Not because, yeah. Not because of anything. I just was like, why? I honestly was like, we should lock down, right? I mean, we're testing people at the airport. Why don't just lock it down like, like it is now? It's pretty much. We waited for everybody to lock down. I always feel like Canada is too nice of a country sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Don't you feel that sometimes? Yeah, it's like, like I feel like Justin Trudeau. Like sometimes I'm like, Okay, buddy, we get to theater. We know you're doing a couple monologues. 
Well, the I love space. that guy's monologue. I know. They're great. Yeah. Come on. Hey, when that oh, guy comes in with the, the disheveled hair and he's like, oh, Jesus. Canadians, this weekend was one of the roughest we've had. I don't know. He doesn't have that accent, but when I do Justin Trudeau, <laughs> yeah, I, do, yeah. I do French Canadian. You would have been way cooler if he had a French accent. Oh, yeah. Right? Right? Like, oh, oh, man. But you see, but he's got, he doesn't have the racism, so he can't carry the accent, you know? If you're going to have that accent, you have to have the little slight <laughs> yeah. racism. Like, we just don't want the religious symbols from the Indians and the other brown people of sorts. You're like, what? You didn't even try. Uh, no, but you know, okay. Yeah. Justin Trudeau, I love his monologues. Uh, how do you actually feel about Justin Trudeau? Like, okay, I, I love to be influenced by conservative hate. I truly do. I let it, I, I, I have real hardcore hate-filled conservatives on my Facebook, and I'll fucking, I'll get into it with them on purpose. I just want to feel it. I want to feel where it's yeah, coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know, if you don't engage, you will, I promise you, you will only be able to have an outsider's perspective. You need yeah. to know why. So sometimes you engage, you have a guy from Alberta gets all angry because of the oil. Fine. Okay. And then you have some people in the comedy scene even, or, or Canadian comedy are some pretty hardcore conservatives. So you engage with them. You want to see what it is. Their hate for Justin Trudeau isn't even about political shit. It's never about political shit. No. It's always about weird shit like, yeah, you know, what he should have been doing or what he could have done. Or, you know, Andrew Shear. Man, wasn't it great when, Andrew, when, when Justin Trudeau was giving everybody serve and those 2,000 checks were, like, were coming in and were like, yeah. And then Andrew Shear started getting on the news and he was like, uh, you know, the liberal government should have done this, should have done that. That's when it, that's when it pissed me. I was like, that's when it started to be over because they were, it was all nonpartisan. Everyone came back. Do you remember that? And, and he then when they started out. whining, he whined and he's like, you should have done more, you should have done You're like, are you nuts, bro? Let's uh, sit at home, two G's in the shut bed. Up. Let's go, you fucking jerk. And stop whining. Like, the old political, like, they, you know what the thing is? Even our country, all this shit's going to disappear. The way that we are governed, you know, they say it's going to be more like community, like tribal. Like it has to be. You have a, you know, you live, like, my neighborhood, Leslieville. You know where I live, right? No, you live in a great neighborhood, though. Yeah, but it's like, that would become like a, like a community that has a county. And that person would then go and express her, you know, concerns. Still live that nice apartment building that I seen a few years ago. No, no, I, I don't. I, no, I live, I live just east of there in Leslieville. You but you still live in the same community? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a nice area. Oh, yeah. money. money. Yeah, yeah. I can't really remember where the fuck an apartment is, but I remember an apartment. Yeah, it was such a great. It was a distillery. Is that where it was? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I'm like, I showed up high one time. We smoked some weed and talked and tell. You came to my place. Yeah. Is it your place or Phil's place? It might have been Phil's. There was a cow on the wall. That's Phil's place. (laughs) Fuck. Isn't that funny? I just remember all of us hanging out. Yeah. I was like, because I was like, I don't think you were at my place, but you know, sometimes. You forget. Why did I? Yeah, I just couldn't remember much. I was like, there was a cow in the house, I guess. Was but you were there, so uh, to me it was all in Umakasa. Umakasa. Well, you're. Okay. I, we just went through such a great. This might be top three of our podcast so far. This is a This is a good one. Okay. We got. We, we went in from union to conspiracy to politics. I guess we can finish off on some like lighter shit. Fucking. What the fuck do you do nowadays? You tell me you're working up. I complimented you today naturally as a friend. I said something, I can't remember. I said, you look, you, man, you got like a young glow going on right now. And I didn't know that. And then when the lights came on, I seen that you had a fucking 
perfect bronze head. And then you're like, I've been doing yoga and working out. I was like, you're working out. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck, yeah. It was starting to show. You, you have a great physique. Why, what are you doing right now? What are you, uh... I'm literally doing, oh, running, you know? You're running. Yeah. You got the, you, what, you, what do you put on the tight, like those, like, running pants? I got, yeah, running pants, running shoes, run. I used to run, I ran for, like, 20, oh, jeez, 24. Over 20 years, I would just run, like, you know what I mean? Jog, so whatever. And I never had problems until about five years ago. My knees were just like, every time I go, you know what I mean? But I've I, never heard you sound like a nona, but that was pretty nona. Actually, like, five sorry. years ago, my fucking knees. And in times, that's our issue. That's I know, right? Like, oh, oh, I was trying not to get You're it. always hip. Do I, sound, then, I sound like a nona? Like no, a, you know what you sound like? An old Tia, like an old Zia. Yeah. Hey, old Zia. But, but then it becomes a reality. You know what I mean? And then I was like, my that's knees. Classic. But then during the pandemic, I remember <laughs> just being like, I got to go run. And I had to, there was too much stress. I'm like, I have to cool. run. And then I just started running, and I didn't have any more pain. Music or no music? No music, man. You run to the sound of the city, Not but bad. you live in a cool part of the city. Cars yeah, driving by, a little honk, a little, like, hey, neighbors. I don't feel safe. I don't even, uh, you know, I don't like uh, even in the streetcar listening to uh, stuff. You're it alive. actually bothers my ears. Yeah. Yeah. You're alive, man, Sandra. You're fucking alive. You gotta be alive. Like, you gotta be alive. I'm gonna tell you something. You don't wanna know what kind of person I am? I put, I put headphones on and they're off. I just, <laughs> I just have them on my head so that I can sit there with this muffled noise so that I can kind of be in here. And I swear to God, man, I have those Beats by Dre's like everybody else and I wear them with the sound off all the time. Even in the airport. I, I love wearing my headphones off in the airport so that like you can just chill the fuck out. You just smoke weed in the airport, you know that? Yeah, I'll, I'll still smoke weed. Inside? In the Inside, I'll bring yeah. you. Like, just go to the washroom and stall. Usually there's like a little shitter fan right above you. And you gotta go to a loud room. You need one that has like that background. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that they can't hear you. Yeah. And I used to do dabs, because dabs will fuck you up one shot. And what you do is you bring a sweater in your backpack and you roll the sweater tight. You mean you do a dab and then go on a plane? But I'll do dabs. Are you out of your fucking mind? I'll have layovers and I'll do dabs uh, for two, three hours. No. Listen, take a fucking nap, put a little alarm on right next to my head. And I'll even before I go to sleep, sometimes I'll lean in and I'll be like, can I be here for a little bit? To the person next to me, they'll be like, yes sir, why? And I'm like, um, my flight's around seven, just if I'm still sleeping, just wake me up if that's okay. And most times they're like, yeah, no worries, but I already got an alarm on. But I'll get ripped at airports. In the washroom, loud washroom, brrrr, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And you go to a stall, and usually you can see it already from the outside. It'll have like a graded fan, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's like a little hexagon fan. And you sit there and you kind of, you know, you, when no one's looking, you rip a little piece of toilet paper and you, and it sticks. And you're like, bingo, ringo. And that's it, man. You fucking unload your bong. And you have to bring a sweater. Because you're not directly blowing your smoke into it because it might have a sensor that knows that you're, smoke is going in. You're allowed to bring this bong over the border? Man, you can bring dabs. Dabs are the secret. Because you can bring a little unit this big that's electrical. You just fucking, you know, you charge it like with a portable charger and it stays uh, on and it's just a little thing and you go, it's just a little like battery dab yeah, pretty yeah. much, okay? And, uh, so you just, you get ripped. You should, I, I've done bong hits too, but that was when I was going, in Canada, you can do bong hits because you don't have to bring the dabs, you can just bring the weed because you can fly with the bong. One time, Danielle packed my bag. It was my partner. I go, D, pack my bong, you know? She's like, are you serious? You want to play with your bong? I go, yeah. She's like, you want cologne too? I'm like, yeah. 
I, I get to my, well, I get to like, I bring it on my carry on. I get to carry on to security. The lady goes, we gotta open your bag, sir. And I go, is it the bomb? And she goes, bomb. And she opens it, she goes, no. And she sees right on top, my jar that says, respect the plank from Seven Acres. I have a little half ounce and a, like a little rolled up bag. And my bomb, my travel bomb is silicone. And she goes, sir, out of all the things in your bag, it's the cologne that I need. And I start laughing. I go, what a wild country we live in. She goes, man. And she closed it up and she was like having such a little laugh with me. And she's like, don't you want to keep this? You can just go back to the lights, go spray it in the garbage. And I'm like, can I just spray it right here on the floor, deep into the carpet? And she's like, oh, you gotta go. And it was a full fucking bottle, fucking Dolce and Gabbana, god damn it. Like, oh, because you were doing it as a carry-on. Yeah, yeah. I brought what a carry-on. dumb fucking rule. Like, yeah, yeah, it was 125 mil, so I had to go spray 25 mil worth of, for real. And I could, I didn't do it, I didn't give a fuck. And, uh, but I mean, if it's gonna be, if it means like less weight on a plane, I'm all for it. That's a, that's a stupid rule. I'll tell you what though, but, this is just for listeners. If you want to smoke weed in, in, in airports, in America, if you're going, if you're traveling international, you bring dabs because you can bring a month's worth of dabs and one candy wrapper of Werther's. And um, if you want to bring um, weed in Canada, you can just fly across this country with a bong and right in your backpack. No biggie, man. No, nothing illegal about it. I'll tell you what, man. Getting high in an airport washroom, top five place I've ever been high. The adrenaline pumps the high so quick through your body. I don't, I don't you, I've never done it. Listen, I've probably sat in a stall for close to two hours one time. I have my Nintendo Switch, I have my bomb, and I sat in an airport in, 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 uh, in oh man, in, in Deer Lake, Newfoundland, which is right at the top of Newfoundland. It is a airport that has two or three terminals. So there's like 50 to 100 people in the airport at any time. It's right. amazing. We got ripped in it all day. <laughs> Shout out to Deer Lake. Y Y R Z Y Z Z T. What's the best place you performed in Canada? Oh Jesus. Um, like theater, like venue. Yeah, venue wise, like your favorite. Like, oh, there's so many. I don't know. I can't think of them right now. No, that's okay. Okay. What's your favorite stand-up place ever that you like? Underground. No choice. Yeah, it's the best. And now it's gone. Uh, Ish. Gone. It's still not gone. I gotta go pick up the ashtray, tell you the truth. I gotta go pick this ashtray there for me. Um, your favorite comedian of all time? I don't know if I can answer that. No? Do you like, uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Something that defines you saying you're these things, these things? Oh my god, I love, okay, there's this, uh, this is one of my favorites. It's called Inguerda Peramore. Oh, I knew you were gonna come with a cool answer like that. They're like, you sold a dying no, it's not even old. It's like at war with no at war for love. That's nice. And it's this fucking film that you need. Like I can send you the link. You need to see this film Whoa. because it's a cop. Like the guy is a like, he's a comedian. So it's like a, it's basically like it's set in World War Two. Yeah. And it starts off. He's in New York. He's trying to marry this this girl. They're, they're gonna get married. But she's the daughter of a mob boss. Yeah, yeah. Right. And anyways. She told him, you have to go back to Italy 
to uh, get permission to marry me. From my, and then he ends up going to America. He ends up going to Italy. And then he, like, they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he says, he wants water. So he's like, I want water. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're here for, you're here for the war? <laughs> right? And just like the way he said war. And then he just got into the Italian, like he became part of the Italian what army. What movie is this? You but it's so funny, like the comedy, it's brilliant. It's genius. You gotta watch okay, this. Man, that's, if, if that was the, imagine the pitch. How do you pitch? Listen, I got a crazy pitch for you. I gotta go to Italy, go find out why. I should, I, you know, but I, that's I imagine it's great. No, but I'm not even giving the good log, log line. Like, it's really just about a guy. What language is it in? Italian. The, the American guy, too? There's no American guy. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just Italian guy. Just Italian guy. Okay. And then you're just like, oh my god, there's shit in there that's so great at one Where point. Where is this movie from? Five years ago? Wow. It was part of a festival here. And it's like a genius Italian comedy. Yeah. You're gonna send me the link. Oh yeah. What's you the need to, you need to, it's it's called Inguera per Amore. Okay, we're gonna put it right here. Yeah, Inguera per Amore. You need out there need watch this film. Like stuff like at that. War for love? Yeah. Like, I love that, like, I love that kind of shit. Like, it's set in World War II, I'm upset, like, I spent a lot of time in World War II. Did you watch the movie 1917? No. What is it? That movie that, like, was up for all the Oscars this year or shit like that? 1917? What was it called? The War 1917 or something. Really? Was it 19... 1919? 1917. It is 1917. Oh, 1917. Right? It is. It's oh, that's the end of World War One. I. I think so, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's about the last few hours of some guy's life in the Hollywood. Yeah. So you gotta watch this, 1917. You know, honestly, man, Sandra, I wish you got to watch it in the theater, because I got to watch it in the theater. It's a fucking masterpiece. It's one, it, it's like, it's, it, it's like one shot. They make the movie feel like it's one shot. But he wakes Where's up. Where's it from? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember the director or nothing right now, but I was just, Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes, yeah, yeah, Sam Mendes. Fucking masterpiece, Sandra. If you like history. What country? What, what country? He's, he's American. I think he's oh. American, yeah. He, he, he might be from Europe, but I think I'm wrong. I think he's an American dude. But um, go, go watch the movie. If you like cinema, you like that kind of shit, you like war stuff, like if you're obsessed with like war stuff, says, listen, man, it, it's a masterpiece. One shot, one looks like it's one shot. It looks like it's just a camera following a guy from his the beginning of his mission to the end of his mission. And, he's, and he travels with his friend. It's just a fucking masterpiece. A bunch of celebrity cameos, secretly, very out of character, like cameos that you're like, what, is that the dude from fucking thing? What the fuck? But I cannot, it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. It lost to some fucking wacko uh, Parasite. I watched Parasite, you like Parasite? I loved it. No, did you? Mm-hmm. I thought Parasite was top seven out of 10. For real, I thought it was so predictable. I thought the family in the basement wasn't believable. I thought it was a wacko taco fucking storyline, and I love. Really? I also was very offended that it beat out 1917, which I thought was a fucking masterpiece. I was all fucking heartbroken. Oh wow! Parasite's great. Fuck. Okay, if you ask Daniel, Daniel. No, but now I want to see 1917. I don't know why I didn't hear about this. It's a fucking masterpiece. I also didn't like the other one that everybody's saying Adam Sandler's movie. That was whatever. Gems. Fucking stolen gems. Uncut gems. Uncut gems. That yeah, made me really nervous. <laughs> but you didn't like it? Our producer, Mill, he did. He did like it. Fuck. And I'm like, Mill's, Mill's opinion in film fucks with me. I'm like, fuck, he knows his shit together. It was insane. Me too. Like, but it was like, it was stressful. Uncut gems? Yeah. 
That's what I just. I didn't like what the fuck is happening? I didn't like Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett was unbelievable. I didn't like that they had. Well, I, what? Fuck. We couldn't get a better acting fucking basketball player. But I guess it makes sense um, because the storyline and blah 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 and everything that happened. I think it's like based on some true shit. I don't fucking know. But Arcade Gems was whatever, man. It was another like yeah. six, seven. Uh, Parasite was. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like the, I don't like the family in the basement. And then like the dad and all the, oh, them get murdered and shit. The party. Yeah, it was intense. It's intense. Really intense. Yeah, I like that they kind of escape. Like, she's kind of cool. I mean, Parasite's whatever. You know, I'm going back now. Like, uh, it was like, fuck. It wasn't even that good of a thriller. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I was kind of biased. I didn't like it. I also at the time was looking at like cool homes, and their home was so cool, and I could just imagine how affordable it would be for a normal person like me. I was like, piece of shit. <laughs> the, the, the rich folk with their cool fucking modern home. Oh, okay. Do you know from Parasite? Oh, right. <laughs> I totally got high for a moment. I was like, what's he fucking out when we were rambling? I'm like, God, the rich folk in my Greece. I was like, what's, where are we right now? I don't know. Talk about the rich folk from Parasite. Fucking. Oh, right. The, oh, yeah. That was, was insane. That storyline was really insane. It, it's like that. It's like that. Have you, have you, been, have you watched Killing Eve? No, it's Killing Eve. Um, hey, what's killing you? It's on a crate with Sandra O. Sandra O. Sandra O. Is she Canadian? Yes. You're, yeah, like, you're like the Italian Sandra O. You got that vibe. <laughs> you're like the Italian Sandra O, man. You're like, you're really like cool and like, you know. <laughs> the Italian Sandra O, I love that. Yeah, yeah that's great. Right. Is that cool? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, is that too much? Is that weird? No. Yeah, I was like, Sandra O, cool enough? Do you want to be? <laughs> is that like, no, is that I'm too just... low of a funny shot? Is it a shot? You're like, ah, I think I could do better than Sandra O. <laughs> I don't want to be the I don't know about that, but like, you know, she. Yeah, oh, she's great. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's just me talking shit. But uh, why did I bring up that the show Killing Eve? No, that it's just so intense, and you just like, <laughs> and then it gets in your head. Like, listen, I have I have fucking bouts of paranoia during this pandemic. You know, there were times I was like, what the fuck is happening? What like, was your favorite conspiracy to want to believe in during this whole thing? <laughs> right, because there's been so many that you got to pick and choose. Somebody's got to be real. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Bill I mean, Gates fucking kids. I don't want it. <laughs> extraordinary things need extraordinary evidence. So I'm gonna find some middle ground where I'm like, eh, you know, reptilian people still too much for me during this time. But can I can I believe that COVID was created at a lab? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm I mean, okay. no matter which way you want to call it, you want to say a lab, you want to say whatever. It's oh. it's it's the result of humans doing too much damage. To the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, why are, why are we creating diseases in fucking labs anyway? I don't and know. And releasing them into the public. Mon- a monkey stole a vial of fucking COVID and ran away with it. The, you know, these are these are theories, right? Like that, it's possible that that's what happened, or you know, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, it's just like too many people were traveling. Everyone going back and forth. Uh, at the rate that they were and flying everywhere. It's really great that we taught ourselves that how quick like uh, disease can spread like that through travel. It was wild, huh? But just like think about everybody was running around and like now that we've all took a break, it's just like that old pace. Like, listen, I really see like I just realized too like just recently I, you know I was like oh look when the pulses started to become whiny then the people eventually started to become whiny Why, and like you know on social media like even in our community I'm like oh right people are going back to being cunts again 
And I was like, are you fucking kidding me after everything that's gone? I think this pandemic or whatever shift, this, this massive shift that's happening, yeah. and lots of, you know, it's, this has all been prophecy. You know, of we, course, for years. And, and like this massive shift, it's like, um, I don't remember what I was going to fucking say. What this what massive shift is coming. And what did I say before that? And you're talking about how... Uh, um, I'm officially tired. We're both through. This should be happening during a podcast where we're getting on. Okay. Oh yeah, the, this massive shift. That's what I want to say. That this the massive shift that's happening is, um, you know, like we the Earth is is at the center of the conversation. So by the time this thing, this pandemic is all done with, it's gonna break people down so much that they'll finally realize, oh, I can't be a cunt anymore. Because everyone's now online. Oh, they're just like I'm on this. This is my this is my uh, cause now. Yo, people you, love it. Man. You know what I mean? And people love other being people assholes. Online? I don't know, man. I know someone who was given a full second chance in life, brink of death, cancer is about to kill them, on the deathbed. Some fucking miracle happens. Everything changes in a few weeks. Health starts coming back. Boom, boom, boom. And I want to know. I know this person personally. Their family. They were such a fucking cunt prior to cancer. And I wouldn't be surprised that all the negative shit that they created internally in here and in here led to their constant negative feeling internally that that's the kind of shit that cancer would feed off. How quick their life turned. I thought after this, while your life's, you've got to be able to not be a cunt. You're yeah. about to die. You're, you, you know, this person's openly racist. This person's openly homophobic. And it sucks. And I see it. And after cancer, there's no way. For the first month or two, I felt like there was light. There was like a new light. In this person. In this person. And I want you to know, not anymore. It, it, it's and not sustainable. Right. It's just humans who, who are shit at the core either need to be like cleansed when they're kids in the sense that they yeah. need to be taught not to be pieces of shit, that they have to clear their mind either through reading, through education, through peaceful meditation. Just go sit in your fucking backyard. Ask people when the last time they heard a bird was. Some people haven't heard a bird in years. A bird. Do you know what I'm saying by that? You ever just sit in a fucking park and you hear a bird and you just listen to that bird for a little bit because you're like, that's what I'm listening to right now. My, my backyard, which is where I have spent so much time, it's like this. It's like this fucking old ecosystem of these trees, and the birds come, and the bees, and it's See this fucking saying? movement. It's so adorable. I'm trying to get a hummingbird feeder in my backyard because I love hummingbirds. It's yeah. the greatest thing in the fucking world. Do you ever hear a hummingbird up close in the morning? Have your coffee one day if you ever get a chance to get a hummingbird feeder. I don't know if we get them in Toronto. You live in Lesseville. It's very hippy dippy. Lots of trees, maybe. Yeah. You live in Lesseville. That's fucking cool. I grew up in the West End. I grew up in like a sewer. You know? Lions down in Dubai. It's a fucking sewer. There's not a tree for like a mile. It's ridiculous. It's a fucking. All the, you know, and that's the other thing. Natural space is gonna return to the city. What? I wish. I haven't been in the city for about three months. I'm living up north right now. I'm in it's country. a dream. But we left the city at the beginning of COVID. We left to go through some yeah, thinking. And we've been up there since. I'll tell you straight up. One of the greatest things I've come to realize is the connection with uh, the morning. People in the city are robbed of their mornings. Yeah. Their mornings are, are, are slave type mornings where they wake up and they're drudging and they're coffee and pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, your whole life changes. If you can fucking get out of your house 
in the morning, you feel that dew air. You kind of see the sun coming up a bit. There's these birds that talk in the morning that you don't even hear any other part of your life until you come out of your house in the morning, and there they are. And you just love them, and you listen, and you fucking feel the dew. And you have this, the coffee tastes so fucking good. I don't care if it's a drug, I don't care if it's a poison. It's the greatest thing in the world at fucking seven in the morning. Sun's coming up, and I love the summer because the sun hits you already seven oh. in the morning. You ever catch a fucking sunbeam in the face seven in the morning? You're like, what up, baby? Let's fucking do this. Yeah, like I know that's all that shit. That's what I. That's what I've been doing. I get up in the morning, make coffee, catch and sit outside, and the sun's already shining. But it, let a sunbeam hit you in the Nine face. Nine a.m. sun. People, people are too dark for that. Like, city today for half an hour the whole day. I had a beautiful day up until I got to fucking black. And it is so much better than it was. Listen, I really gotta go to the bathroom. I'm not ready for this to be over. I just have to go to the bathroom. Go take a shit. No, what's that? I don't even know why I would have to tell you. Like, no, I'm not gonna take a shit. I forgot. <laughs> it's because human nature is different. So we're gonna take this time to thank our sponsors, Red Decorish at age two weeks. Great, great, I'm laughing, man. It's a good one, huh? It's a good podcast. Is this fucking one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life? See, uh, when we, at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast, too, I was like, I gotta make sure that we get past the 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 break of who um, who podcasts a lot of the time when I listen to them, especially some of the Toronto ones. This is not when I was learning how to do this podcast. I listen to a lot of the local podcasts, and a lot of them get stuck in character, which is I call podcast character, where they're like constantly like, yeah, I know, and the topics are, and you're like, that's not how you guys talk, and you and I, when we talk, we sesh, we smoke, we have a laugh, yeah. we get some serious shit, we kind of lean in, and you're like, you're just fresh. and I, I needed to make sure that I got that energy with you, too. We're probably, probably going to wrap up soon anyway, but... Because it's been a long time. I, I wouldn't mind taking a piss too and shit, but... I couldn't handle it. I'll fuck, I'll fucking, you, I could see for about five minutes before that, there was something on your mind. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was wondering, I was like, is you going to drop it? And you're like, I got pee. I'm like, oh. I just, you know, I, I'm... Anyways, I'm still interested in talking, but we can do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, we can want. So we could cut it out. Cut it off. I don't want to... I don't keep going. Because we have more to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where else do you? What else is Sandra Badalini into? What do you watch on TV nowadays? Ooh, uh, oh my God! One of my favorite pandemic uh, shows was um, My Beautiful Friend, <laughs> My Brilliant Friend, HBO Italian show. Do you know that fucking show? No. You guys I watched, I've been watching a lot of HBO though. Do me a favor. Yeah, yeah. This show is one of the most amazing things that I've ever been made. My beautiful friend. My, my beautiful friend. My brilliant friend. My brilliant friend. You know this show? No. Everybody's been talking about it. Everybody's like, it's like. On Netflix? No, Crave. Okay. It's HBO. But it's this amazing story. It's all in Italian. Like you watch this, and you're just like it. It was it was painful to watch at times because the emotion was so real. It was so visceral for me. You don't think I'll start crying watching this shit? I won't. Yeah, because just it. like you, you see the way Italians are. And like you know, they take place in anyway. It's brilliant show. So that was like I watched that during the pandemic. I don't know so many things. I I feel like there's not that much. I don't know. Like 
There's not a lot of great stuff. That's the other thing that this. I don't watch TV. Yeah, there's nothing. I don't watch TV. This I watch is, Simpsons. That's all. This is the other thing that, that this pandemic revealed. It's like the old system was all about just getting stuff out. It was at a clock on a timetable. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, you know, the time construct is kind of dissolved. Is that what you're kind of saying? Like it doesn't see, uh, for the first few weeks of uh, COVID, I didn't know if it was Tuesday, I didn't know if it was Saturday. No, I know. I didn't know if it was two o'clock, I didn't know if it was five. I couldn't even care. Who the fuck even gives a shit if there's no schedule to keep? Why? And you know, like that's how humans used to live. You ever talk you, to indigenous people about it? You know how they kept days by the weather. Yeah, I know. That's how you describe it to your friend. Hey, the other day on the rain day, do you remember we were out and, and then we, we camped out and it was rain and then we spent the rain night to the sunny morning. Do you remember? And, and it wasn't a Tuesday. It was, you would talk about it by the phase of the sun. Was it cold? Was it hot? And, and that's how you connected because there was no need to connect to a giant amount of people. It was to connect to your local friend, your family. Yes. Why do you need Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? You need the, the last three days and maybe tomorrow. So that a select few of rich men and the queen could, you know, uh, you must work for me for yes. this amount of days, and you must carry this load. And you must sign here that you agree in perpetuity. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> I I love to have a little soup this week if that's possible. <laughs> And then, uh, I mean, people agree with that shit because they starved them and gave them no choice but to work. What they did is trick the human into thinking that 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 capital is better than land, than is better than education, knowledge. If you gave humans land and the education to grow, maintain, and harvest their own food. They would all not need government. You wouldn't need your politician. You wouldn't need shit. You need some land. And we already knew this. We, Monsanto, that was our system. That was our system. Knew. Correct. So Monsanto uh, comes along and starts destroying everybody by, by like forcing people to buy their seeds. You know what I mean? And this kind of stuff going forward, though, needs to be taken up. by a good company. There should be a company that develops easy to grow food for everyday people. But we can't let it be is... There's a lot of people that are doing that, but yeah. Like, we, it needs to become a mainstream thing. Easier to grow food. You get the fucking thing, you put some fucking water like a Chia Pet, boom, there's your strawberries. Yeah. Boom, put some water here, there's your fucking... But we can't let it be taken over by Monsanto-type folk that are going to fucking destroy real farmers, that are going to destroy agriculture as we know it. I'm down for skyscrapers to be turned into instead of residential-type living, into farming. I say that too all the time! Okay. Why That's are we living like that? Happen. We should be living on farm type things yeah okay and we should be planting up i'm okay with that there used to be farms in like you know riverdale farms there's farms all over toronto yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, like, that, that 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 farm idea is so far away from the human almost the human like day-to-day nowadays that they couldn't imagine can you imagine some of these people that the education system has spit out that is like oh my god i mean order my uber eats my fucking toast avocado it's like these, these people need to breathe some real air and realize that you don't need all this extra shit what you need is to find peace in yourself so that you don't yeah. spread hate, so that you can share love, so that you as a person can grow into, that's why artists are so beautiful, because a lot of us choose to be poor and happy than rich and, and sad. I would rather live in an apartment or rent out something or live fucking an hour outside of the city 
but be happy and be able to hear the birds and listen to the crickets at night yeah. and look at some stars, then know that I have a cool apartment with a snazzy phone. I, I'm saying this, but I also drive a BMW, so I'm a piece of shit. But, you know, you gotta find a little bit of middle ground. Look at this fucking guy. Hey, I bought it for my yeah, dad. Hey, you have immigrant dads. You have immigrant dads? I bought, my, oh, da- course, yeah. I bought my dad. Oh, yeah, I love the this BMW. story. BMW. I, what know. Is, I bought my dad a BMW because I destroyed his van as a teenager. Yeah, that story is amazing. So I destroyed his van. Buy him a van. I buy him a car. At first, he's really excited. Finds out that it's stick. Not so excited. I start trying to teach him how to drive stick. And just imagine, my dad's 70 and he's losing cognitive function, so we're doing everything we can to try to get him excited about doing something. We're building decks, we're bringing wood to the house, we're trying to get him to build, trying to get him to stay fucking focused. Because my dad is slowly losing it, because as soon as we, it's like, it's crazy what happens to these guys. As soon as he retired from work, instead of being the sharp dude that he was his whole life, he starts becoming like this old, like, uh, dad, you want to build a dad? I want to build a dad, but then you gotta buy screws. You gotta put those screws in the wall. That's my fucking dad. He's like what complaining all the time. Dude, dude, he never stops complaining. My, my, that's my, my dad. Your dad just turned out mine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. He wants to sue the bank and <laughs> It's his fucking mission, bro. Okay, like. What does he want? What does he want back from them? They, they take something. <laughs> It's accusing me of taking money out of his account. It appears that this money is leaving his account. But because he only has those books. Yeah, no, yeah. He's he like, did. where's the money going? <laughs> he, he's still doing the books. He was the sharp, like my father was sharp with my, like my father's sharp with my, him and my sister both have this ability to be like, hey, what's the tax on $1,499? And then they can calculate really high math. I can't do this. Just on the spot, my my dad and my sister. But now it's like now okay, you're 89, and I'm and I showed him already. I'm like, Daddy, look, this money's coming out of this account and going to this account. But we didn't know what it was. That's how I was like, what? Why? What is this money doing? Yeah, yeah. Why is it moving? Anyways, and then you know, finally, I'm just like, can we just give the man like let's see the outputs to prove to him where it was going and. What is the CTD? He never explained it. And at one point, we went to the bank. The woman was like, "Yeah, well, you know, there, there was a there was an entry in his passbook yeah. that was from another client." They're like, "Oh yeah, sometimes like she must have just put yours on there and it printed the other account." And I'm like, then he, "Of course, this old man's gonna get confused." Yeah, what the He's hell like, is "What this? the fuck is this? <laughs> Where is this number? Where's this number coming from? This is not my money. This is not your mother's money. They're taking our money." <laughs> my father gets confused like that. At the, so when we got him, the, we got him a car to drive in the summertime because he, he he loves the outdoors. You know, get him and my mother out. So we buy them. I uh, buy them this little convertible. We start taking him for drives in the spring. He, my dad starts getting flustered because he's too embarrassed because the car is too nice for the person that he is. He said that to me. He's like, it's just too nice. I can't drive it. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, too many people look. I'm like, nobody's looking. He's like, everybody look. Like, nobody's looking. <laughs> like, nobody's looking. He's like, when you drive, I see the other people, they're looking. Like, yeah, they're looking because it's, it's like a convertible. You just naturally look. He's like, I don't want people looking when I'm driving. So now, <laughs> so now he just wants to be a passenger in the car. You, he doesn't. So you, you drive like a I have, BMW. I have to I drive him all the time. So he'll call me and be like, We're going to go to your uncle's. Your mom going to go with your brother. We can go. And I'm like, Yeah, we'll go. He's like, Okay, come get me. 
And after joyful we'll say good to Toronto, we'll go hang out for a few hours with the family, or we'll drop them off. And I'm like, don't you just want to learn it? It's easier. He's like, well, it's nice. You drive me. We, we listen to the music. I don't have to worry. So now I've become a chauffeur to my father in his old age, even though I just wanted him to have the fucking car and I could use it on the weekends. Like a cool teenager, even yeah. though I'm up to 30 this year. This motherfucker, won't, he won't drive it anymore. So he's just become a passenger. So then I've taken over the insurance. I have to put my fucking name on the insurance, my bullshit insurance. You know, I'm still eating it for tickets I got when I was like 21, 22. <laughs> like a punk, like kid, you know, just ripping around the city. And uh, I'm still eating it on my insurance. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've had years of carrying around tickets. That was like, oh shit, and I was like, I'm gonna fight this. Yeah. And, I mean, and then you do, like, you know, you go to those trials and you're like, oh, they forget There is no worse room in my life that I've ever been in than the room where you fight the tickets. Oh, that is. I have been in a room with degenerates in my life, but it was like walking into a scene from the movie Men in Black, where like the light was flickering. Like there was like a guy behind the counter who was like an old gay guy who was smoking, like, what do you hear? So, uh, <laughs> I'm here to, uh, uh, I'd like to fight these tickets. Let me see. This, this one's unfightable. This one you'll have to pay the fee. They're like, man, what the fuck? I didn't even fight them. I just left and I paid them because it was so fucking weird. Uh, one time I had to go to the Civic Center or whatever the fuck that place is. You ever have to go there to fight a ticket? It's yeah. like um, North York Civic Center or some shit like that. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. But they have like a little like place there where you go fight the tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah. And on, in Scarborough? No, it's oh, on Egg- Egg- Eglinton and... Eglinton and... Uh, Eglinton and fucking something. I don't know what the fuck it is. Eglinton and like... What? Keel. <laughs> <laughs> you called me out. I was like, Eglinton and... Like, Eglinton and what? I'm like... Uh, I'm like, you're gonna keep dropping that bomb. <laughs> I, I had nothing. It was so good. I was like, it's somewhere. You know where it is. We have to go there one time. That's another room with degenerates. What's the most degenerate filled room you ever been in? Can you think of it? You're degenerate like, what? Degenerate filled room. Is it like an open mic movie? Fuck. Oh, God. There's so many. You ask me these questions, and like, I can't. Because you work in entertainment, because you've been in some fucking crazy. Like, oh, degenerate filled. Yeah. Like, right. you know? Okay, I love you. So funny. Lucy Cabaret. I was gonna say there's some wild cats in that motherfucking place. Man, okay, that was so fun. So I don't watch TV anymore. You watch? You watch? You don't watch TV? Do you have cable? No, I, I mean I watch Netflix. You know, Amazon, whatever. Cable or no? You have any cable no. TV? No. I have any? I don't have cable. You know what I got though? Because this is how closely rooted I am to my immigrant. Fuck. I have the illegal box. I got it. I have an antenna, but it doesn't really work. And I don't I got the antenna. I, my dad calls me one day. Mike, you want cable? I'm like, what? He's like, you want cable? Yeah, go to, what do you mean? He's like, $15. Okay. And you get two movies. I'm like, what kind of movies? He's like, well, the movies, the new movies. I'm like, what else does that have? He's like, Portuguese. I'm like, no Portuguese cable. He's like, ah, some English too. You can watch English. You have to choose the English. I'm like, so can I watch my shows? He's like, I don't know. What's your shows? I'm like, the news. He's like, yeah, there's news. There's news. Lots of news. BBC, CBC, NBC. I'm like, okay, chill. Uh, okay, so I get this fucking box. You have to connect your Ethernet cable to it. That's good, yeah. And it, what it does is it just streams internet um, streams of things. Yeah. So like 24 hour Simpsons, 24 hour South Park. What's it called again, those boxes? Uh, for Android boxes, but yeah. not really, though. This one's fucking. It's super? It, nah, it's like in the middle. I've seen my brother in law's got one that's fucking crazy. You get like actual TV channels, and you're like, dude, they're gonna kill you. They're gonna come after you. For 
this shit. And it's $15 a month? $15 a month. You're paying black market. God knows who the fuck this money goes to. But it's the craziest thing. You're like, I feel bad for TV people because these fuckers are struggling enough. And it's crazy because you can just stream. The internet is killing television. And there has to be a transformation. No, but maybe if you think they're only paying $15 a month, like that's what people believe. The internet, you should, it should just be a utility. Yeah, obviously. So it's like, think about it. Before, you used to pay your cable bill, right? And you would, you would have like all this content. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, and then it's like on demand shit is awful. No, but I mean, like, what are you paying for? Why are you paying for the internet plus the content on the internet, like watching an HBO show? Shouldn't yeah. that come with the fucking subscription of this internet? See, but then the internet companies will have to work with the entertainment companies. So what you have to do is do with Netflix. It, it, you have to go directly to the uh, consumer. So what that's going to do is it's going to stop the production of low audience shows you know people like reality shows people like reality shows of all kinds you know like uh, they like disasters like I, I used to watch uh, uh, the police show that's live fuck I care live PD man you ever watch a show called live PD no it's like cops but it's live they scream the shit that's hilarious in America in America and they follow like 10 different fucking police um so what they do is it's a perfect mix of live streamed action. So as soon as something is happening, probably give it about a 10 to 30 second delay so they can cut off somebody's head getting chopped off or shot or something. But they give it a little delay, but for the most part, there'll be just a guy and a team of cops and they'll be examining clips that they've compiled throughout the week of events in America. And then once in a while, there's big, all right, we have a live event happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're gonna cut live to the Tulsa police station and there'll be a cop with like a GoPro and a camera in his car. And he'll be uh, driving and being, okay, so right now we're heading down to uh, this shooting. Uh, a man has barricaded himself in this house. Uh, we're gonna go see if we can resolve this. And they'll just- How are they allowed to do that? Because they're fucking loopy. They're loopy in it. That is disgusting. Okay, and it's live stream. And I used to watch it. And as, as, as like shitty as that seems, it was one of my favorite shows because I love a train wreck. Fucking love train wreck. Oh yeah, those those kinds of shows. What was your favorite train wreck show you watched? That just got canceled. Did it? Because of George Floyd. Wow, that got canceled because of George Floyd. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Thirty years, cops is gone. Dude, it was uh, cop, cops. Cops make sense. I'd like to talk about that quick because I watched Life PD and I can't believe that it's. I, I can't believe that it's been canceled because it exploited. Me and Danielle would sit there and watch this and be like, man. This is mostly black people, Latin people, and hicks. Straight up white people that are just, the crazy thing is they support like the most conservative of views and, and it's the ones that keep them poor. And, and they're there, and I remember just watching Live PD and the police would roll up to like, just poor white people, like poor, poor like communities and be like, so what's going on here? And, and you could just see the lack of education and man, he came here and he said to me, I, I don't love you no more. And I was saying, we have a thing together, officer. We have a life. And she's smoking and she's been touching all fucked up on drugs. And you're like, we shouldn't be watching this. This is clearly someone's private life oh being streamed. And I'm over there eating salt vinegar chips, loving it. I'm like, look at these fucking eggs. Boy, I'll go if I was there. Is that your favorite uh, flavor, salt vinegar? Oh, bro, baby. Oh, like I, not like I still love it, but really my favorite now is Miss Vicky's plain. What are you, what are you? Yeah. Push your knees are going, now you're eating Miss Vicky's oh, plain. Oh, body. I, 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 so yeah. you're going to be suing the banks. <laughs> 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 
you know, now I'm just like, yeah, I think it's, I think I became. What did you like before? What did you like before? What, uh, shows? Chipwise. <laughs> if you if you're like Lace Vicky's now, what did you like to before? Lace was a good option. Lace what? You know what I mean? Ketchup? I love the place. Salt and vinegar? Yama yama. I, ketchup I didn't like for a long time. Truth be. Okay. I hate barbecue chips. I think there's nothing grosser than the world of chips than barbecue chips. But I think my but I really my favorite of the flavors is dill, buddy. If a good if a chip company company can do a good dill. Um, is it? You ever been to? You ever been to Winnipeg? They, no. they have dill. They have a dill dip there. It's a big thing, in Manitoba, specifically really? Winnipeg, where they they make a dip that is dill based. Uh, it's like a it's like a dill aioli or whatever the fuck. It's uh, like that. It's fucking crazy. I don't even like dill, but I remember having that sauce. It was just fucking what dill's all about. Now, now I like dill chips. I like dill pickle chips. Is that what you're talking about? Or just dill uh, chips? Dill, dill pickle. Like oh dill my pickle, God. right? I wish that I, tang. Uh, I love that tang. But then it fucks you. It's bad. Like, you know what? Uh, that, that, that taste, that, that feeling just reminded oh, yeah. me of sitting at Vape on the Lake. Wow. Remember those fucking days? And you, you get fu- so ripped and you just. How many hours do you think you like the, the time we spent there? Just three hour long shows were the usual. Because you just had your own show, right? I had my own show, Paul had his own show, Chris had his own show, we'd all have our own show the, the, during the week. I had Stoner Sundays too happening, that shit was wild. All those week shows were fucking crazy. I don't know if that's ever going to come back. We'll, we'll see what happens with that shit. The Underground is gone, Vapor Central should be gone. Uh, Vapor Central has been bleeding money for a long time. But what's, good, what's about to happen though in this, you know, new economy, uh, but specifically Toronto, you know, weed weed is going to be uh, huge. Yeah. So well, they're so preparing for that. And lounges, you, I mean, smoking, now that's the issue. Like, if you couldn't smoke before, you think people are now like, yeah, yeah, I think there's a COVID-free general space here where people could smoke and uh, no COVID's going to get transmitted. Like, when people smoke on the street, I'm like... For sure, that uh, that's your breath in there. Part of part of that exhale is your breath that you burned. Isn't that fucked up when you think about cigarette smoking? How fucked up that is. That's so wild. Burning. I mean, not the tobacco. Listen, tobacco is ancient, and it's you know. We're not talking about tobacco. We're talking about the physics and that. Man, I, I I like the idea of smoking. I love to oh, smoke. I, I smoke like fucking ten yeah. joints a day if I could. Uh, I was a little nap in between, but do you smoke? Do you smoke less now? By so much, man. Oh. I um, I I have become a old man smoker. I hit my bong. I sit there, listen to some fucking birds, think about my life. I like to think about comedy and what I'd like to do. I'd like to, th- I, I, I'm gonna be a writer someday. I write a lot and that goes nowhere. I write, write, and then I just stop. You know what I gotta do then? I gotta find my medium. It's not gonna be long form writing like movies or television shows. It has to be short stories or short films or, 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 or short documentaries. I love storytelling. I love, I love, I have a great ability to share the beginning, the middle, and the end, bring yeah. it all together. And I need to learn how to tap into that. I have so many ideas for TV shows because I hate TV. I hate TV. TV yeah. is so cheap. TV is literally, I cannot believe some of the stuff. I must. I've, I've written so many concepts. Just actually, for the first time since this pandemic, yeah, yeah. I was inspired to write a cartoon and, and I just wrote the like two for two days and I just wrote out this whole thing, uh, you know, um, with uh, 
Rob Bevenick, and it's like, we just started ripping. I mean, this conversation was based on like something that was going on, and I was like, you know, and, and uh, I mean, I just kind of want to complete it. Huge. Do you know what I mean? Like, complete, like, figure it out and then be able to, like, create it, complete it, you know? Like, I've got, I've got you know, and there's, for example, I have, like, a screenplay that I've... There's a fang or something. No, I think it's outside. Street sweeper? Street sweeper. Alright, like, what are we gonna do? That's so good. That's so perfect, Sandra. How much do you love singing fake songs? Oh, uh, real songs. My life. Street sweeper. I'm oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I'm really happy they did that because that's a perfect. Just as. I am never not singing fake songs. I even make fake songs of my kids' TV shows that she watches regularly. <laughs> so I swear to God. Because I don't even like them anymore. So, like, Paw Patrol's Pimp a Trent, Pimp a Trent, through all ways of invention. Because I'm so focused on the actual real song that I had to change it for my own sanity. Um, what's your favorite fake song? Is there one that you sing in your head all the time? What's a song that you sing all the time in your head just naturally, or whatever reason? Oh my God. There's so many. You're, like, every time you ask me these things, like, I am. Oh God, I just had a bunch of songs just recently that I- Where right, just stuck in your fucking, you and know, then, Yeah, yeah, and then I can't, like, I can't think- I like the song- I'm too high I like the song it. Venus, you know, the one from the old commercial? I'm your Venus, I'll sing that song a hundred times in my head some days if it gets going right in the morning. And then by the end of the day, it's like, I'm your penis, I'm your fire. <laughs> oh my God, Lucy. <laughs> But I can both you guys on one day. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, that'd we'll just be sing bad. for half an hour. Fuck. Okay, wait. Yeah, you and Phil. Phil well, see, we say, like, we use that word, I mean, we, in historically, just like, hey, Puss, what's up? Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you guys are a, um, you guys are a comedy duo on and off stage. I can, I can rarely say that about people, but on stage, the audiences love you, but off stage, the comics love you guys as friends. Um, Phil and you, did you guys met as adults? Did yeah. Did you know each other as kids? Because that's what it feels like. It feels I know. like a childhood bond. It's you guys, so true. It's yes. Twice. That's why I was like, I don't know. I, I was gonna assume that you met as adults, but I was like, you guys could have met in high school, and he might have like been this like cool gay dude that you were like, this is the fucking man, Phil Lucy. But he is. Uh, Do you want? Give me, give me the story. How did you feel to see? So I was playing um, Mrs. Vitali in Tony and Tina's wedding at the Second City. Cool, for real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was like one of my big first big act. Like I. Um, how old were you when this happened? How old was I? Oh my God, this was like. Uh, uh, oh my God, why am I stuck? Like thirty, maybe thirty-one years old. Wow. Cool. So you only meet Phil in your thirties. Yeah. And I was in the show. Okay. So do you know what Tony and Tina's wedding? Did you ever go to it? No, no. Tell me a little bit about that. So it's this off-Broadway show from New York. It's like an improvised play where you're going to Tony and Tina's wedding and all the all the Yeah, it's like you find 
praying for you. No. Fuck you. It's great. It's really funny. Yeah, and it's an improv, and it's like this big cast, and it's a really fucked up show. Like, I auditioned for the Twin Company in Second City. Wow. Cool. And then they call me, and they're like, we'd like to offer you, and then they're like, Tony and Tina's wedding. And I was so mad, because I'm like, you know what? These people only see me as a talent. Right? Like, there were no, they, like, they, like when I was there, it was like, it, well, how long was it just like, you know what I mean? Canadian names. The, never Italian, you know what I mean? Never hear an Italian name in No! But it, I wouldn't hear Alini, I know. What you wouldn't hear to somebody Alini. Have you ever heard an Italian name on that stage? Yeah, no, no but not, not Ooh, that much. Okay, okay. Off the top of your head. Portuguese? Never. But come on! What I would do for a Santos no. or a Pereira alongside Mike Myers, my goodness. But. So they choose you for Tony and Tina's yeah. wedding. So then I got, I was mad, and then, and then I said to, I said to the producer, I was like, "Can I think about it?" He's like, "Yeah, but you really should do it." And then I slept on it, and I couldn't sleep, and so, and then I did it, and I'm telling you, it was one of the best things I ever did in my whole life. Of course. The people I met, it's where I met Phil. I'm doing the show. Phil was a character too. Well, he came to watch the show with his group of people. He worked at the casino in Niagara Falls. He was a, he, he fucking was head of guest services. Fuck off. This I guy. I never imagined Phil. Phil's like an artsy dude to me. I can't imagine. He was, well, it was just a job. Like, he's always been an artsy guy. But yeah, it was, that was his job. For he me. was corporate. Yeah, but in a casino. You know what I mean? So, so like, you still get to be hip and funny. Oh, yeah. Fuck okay, it. I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Casino yeah, yeah. isn't the same kind of corporate. It's kind of like, hey, whoa, wait. Yeah, okay, I get it. And Phil can put on many faces. He can be a dude who's like a mafia boss. Oh. Or he can be your best friend in the backyard having right. wine. I know, he's a wild dude. And, and then that night, I still remember the sweat, the shirt he was wearing. It's like this checkered blue and like a bit of red shirt. That's the kind of impression he made on you the first night that you were wearing yes, the shirt? Is, so I'll tell you, yeah, this is what happens when we do. I, we do I, all night, we're like, dancing and I'm like this guy's fucking amazing and then at the end of the like whatever all throughout the show right and at the end of the night I'm walking down the stairs because the show's over and he's downstairs and he's like you're the girl like you were Mrs. Vitaly I'm like yeah and then we start talking and we find out that you know our families are from the same part of Italy we both did our masters no um what else you know oh yeah and then he was like I do plays uh, like I, I, you know, the musicals. I'm an actor, and I'm like, submit your stuff to Tony and Tina's, and then he did, and like two weeks later, he was in the show. No, and then that's the love affair began. Come on, oh yeah, you got into two, a Second City show. Two weeks, like yeah, and then we used to do the craziest. Like he played this character named Nikki, who was the head waiter, who was like he wasn't all there. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't. This was this this guy. It was brilliant. He would. At the, so in the Tim Sims, you remember the Tim Sims Playhouse? I'm all about it, man. Tim Sims Playhouse. Yeah. The wedding would happen in there, the ceremony. Okay. Okay, it happened in there, and then it would come down the stairs, and there would be a reception <laughs> line at the at the at the one first level. The, yeah, the little platform area there. Okay. And then he would be stand. He'd be there, like as a as a still model, with his uh, tuxedo top on top of the display case, so he just looked like a bust. Wow. Like he's like this. And everybody used to go crazy, like, they were like, oh my god! And then me and him in the show, we would, like, he would slide, I'm like in the receiving line, and he'd slide behind me, in character, right? Behind me, and be like, hey, Mrs. B, what's up? And then we got in trouble, because they're like, Mrs. Vitaly and Mickey don't have all this business, right? Well, and, they were like, yeah. and they were like, fuck you! Like, we're, like, we're killing keep- it, we're great! Yeah, like, you think I'm gonna keep doing this show that on, you know, talk about bad work yeah. conditions. Second seed just was in a lot of trouble. Buddy, they just got put under fire. Yeah, they, that, but that show, Tony and Tina's in particular, 
that they they that was without mentioning names. What do you mean by working conditions? Because people think working in entertainment is this fucking cloud ride. Well, I knew when I was in Tony and Tina's wedding. Like up until that point, I'd been working in the corporate world. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was, what did you do? I worked in branding and marketing because after I did my masters. Then I came to Toronto and did like a, a marketing certificate, and then I did I went into marketing and branding, and then I eventually they hired me to be re, a researcher because that's what I did my master's in. Like I researched, and then I just ended up getting these jobs until I started to do comedy, where I was just like I didn't have that much to do. You know what I mean? What, what, a, weird, what a weird change. I know. Why did you tell your parents about this fucking change? Well, I had it. You know. You know how I told it? Because 30 years old is no joke to be like, hey, I kind of like uh, other shit in life. I want to be an actor. Not that I want to be an actor. So listen to what was the catalyst. What? This is how I told them. So I was, uh, I had just taken, I just started taking classes at Second City in 1999. Okay. Okay. And um, I, because I had, um, I was working in marketing branding, but I wanted to get into theater. Like, I only did theater in university. I never aspired to be an actor, but I did it in university. Like I did the Italian plays, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so great. But when I came to Toronto, I'm like, yeah, I just want to do something community. And then I'm working at this branding firm. We go see Second City. I lose my shit. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best thing. And then, I, and you know, she, my boss, told me that they they offer classes to people in the business world. For, to be more agile. So I'm like, I'm signing up. And then I started doing these classes. I'm like, oh my God, this is nice. And I'm like, oh, my life this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then before Christmas, these people, this company that I was working for, let me go. Wow. Right? Just before Christmas, too, these fucks, brand new fuckers. Twats. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's not nice against twats. These guys are assholes. Yeah. It was like right before Christmas. So on the way back, so tw- two thousand, I spent I spent two thousand like the year two thousand in Sudbury at this at this Italian hall or is it a Portuguese hall? I can't remember. We had an amazing time. What'd you do there? I think it was Portuguese. I think it was Italian Portuguese. Party. It was a New Year's Eve party. Wow. We had a hall. We danced, and we were with people we knew. Of course, it was so fun. Sudbury. But that night when we were there, it was like it seemed like the earth. There was an earthquake. Now, late at night at Sudbury, you've been. Do you ever feel the? They always do the blasts. So when I was growing up, you would always feel the blast at like 11.55. So you can feel the I never felt any blast, but I hear oh, stories yeah. from people in Sudbury about how cool it is to grow up there and how close you are and everything. So you can feel something. Oh, yeah. You feel that blast. You knew it was blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What so you? anyways, I remember that. You know, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Why and do they do it at night? Well, it's at least, well, because I think it's quiet and people will sleep for People, well, Most people won't be annoyed by it. I see what you're saying. Maybe it's just better to do it. That yeah. There's something. There's there must be something. Maybe they're blasting during the day. And nobody even knows. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I was I was, I was like, should I tell you the? Because what we were talking about, I was about to tell you a story. Made me think of going underground at the mine. Why were we talking about Sudbury? Well, the blast. So this is how I got to. This is how I told my parents about comedy. I know I gotta finish this one. But like, um. Anyways, so I spend New Year's Eve, Christmas, blah blah. blah coming back to Toronto to look for a job yeah. and, I, and I go with my friend because my sister is a teacher she didn't have to go back to school for another week so she stayed in Sudbury I went ahead with her I went out her so while we were driving up Highway 69 it was like it was a beautiful day but it's July it's January 2nd 2000 wild and um, anyways she ran out of windshield fluid and so her she it got to the point where it was like she could barely see and so right around just before Perry Sound we were like, we got stopped and get some windshield fluid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she was turning in uh, to this gas station, 
she stopped, she let her car go, but then she she went. And there was another car coming really quick, like Whoa. like 120. So come it like we and then we started going and I look under the car and I'm like, ah and then we spin and we end up in the in a snowbank at the gas station. Oh. And then uh she gets out of the car, like they start smoke starts coming out of the car and then th- at the engine. I'm in the passenger. So she gets out of the car and then I couldn't get out of my door, but I walked over this like I got over the stick shift, got out. Called 911 because I was like, I hit my head. You know, I mean, this is dense. That was like, oh, that guy was going on. Dude, it's fucking nuts. So then I'm on the phone with 911 and, and she and I was like, I go, but in an accident. She's like, where are you? And I'm like, um, oh, what's the place called? Anyways, it's this place. And and then she's like, uh, and then the car explodes. You, the car that you were in? Yes, and, and it was right, it was at a gas station and it was right by, it was close to the pump. So the people were there. I was like, this. It exploded, closed, shut the roads down. No way. Yeah, and the car blew up, and I'm standing right there. And the woman, I go, oh my god, and the car just blew up. She's like, are you still in the car? Oh, <laughs> wow. like, oh my god, that's so great, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this fucking accident, you know what I mean? And then that was like, <laughs> and I had gifts, you know. I had, and that was the first time. And I then I became a comedian. Literally, I took starting class. That's I became comedy, a comedy though. It's like. One of the first people, like, that's when I really started to get, you know, spiritual, at least, like, um, you know, because I was getting all this healing in my body and these people were using these things, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And and then you start thinking about stuff. And so, you know, after that accident was like, it really got me in that path to heal and to, like... To learn more about yourself. Yeah, like, I became more. a comedian. Like, well, I was... I was. You were corporate. I could never imagine you corporate one. But I, I really. Were you I though? wasn't. I know you're probably Sandra Bats in a fucking yeah, just a weird situation. Jesus Christ. You know what? I <laughs> there was this big shakeup at this company that I worked at. Yeah. And they they were like, okay, we're announcing some you know fi- people are gonna be fired. And if you were fired, you go to the boardroom. And if you were staying, you were going to the kitchen. I don't know something like that, right? What? Yeah. So then I go into the fucking office, and she, you know, I go into the boardroom. So I'm getting fired. I'm getting like go, right? And <laughs> and the woman, her name was Paula Davis Young. These HR types, these really like blonde, like yeah, very right. gory, you know what I mean? Classic, dude. Classic, right? Like you're like. You, what, so are you, she, what are you gonna tell me here, lady? Yeah, what do you want to know? Fucking yeah, okay. And she was just so phony to me, and she's like, "Yeah, you've been great, whatever. We're going to our cutting back." And then you know, and it was a really great place to work because it was really creative. It was literally called Fusion Creative. Cool. Like it was such an interesting place to work. And um, and then I so whatever everybody's like, start, you know, getting ready, whatever. And I go on the microphone on the this the intercom system, and I just I was like, "Look, I just want to like let everybody know how much." You know, I loved working here. And then I just started singing like, oh no, I started playing Goodbye to You, My Trusted Friend. <laughs> You're the best. And they just and then I and then they wanted to shut it down. But I was like, I'm singing this in the middle while they were fucking firing people. I sang I this You know, somebody out there, that's their best story in their life. <laughs> Somebody was in the office that day, and, and it, like what was just a part of your life is one of their best stories. Like, on the fire, they're like, You wouldn't believe this, but I worked for a company years ago, Fusion, and this woman, when she was like, Oh, okay, singing into the intercom. It's like, We had joy, we had fun, we had season, and then I was like, I was like, Because I was like, These people. 
pretended like they created this creative environment. Do you know what I mean? But then in the end, they really just were corporate people. And that's why I was like, you think that, you, the, I don't know if it, but I always knew, you know what, like, going back to Second City, like the poor working conditions, those two places, like, when I was working at Tony and Tina's, I quit because, I mean, I'd been there for two, like, two and a half years, and I was like, there were people that had been doing that show for four, five, and six years, and I was just like, I can't hear this show one more time. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Do you know what I mean? And then it would bother me that there were people in the show who had heard it so many more times, and that made me crazy. And I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of the show. Do you ever, do you ever see any of those people? Oh yeah, I mean, well, Phil Lucy, like Phil Lucy's your boy. Yeah, I I see, I do see some of those people around because a lot of them are actors. Um, I, you know, love them. Like, we'll see each other. Like, you know what I mean at at various events. But Phil Lucy, the closest person in your life to you. Yeah, besides my family, yeah. I would I would argue that some of my friends are closer to me than my family because they're so tough and yeah, disconnected. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's true. It's, you know, family might be family, but some of my friends know me so much more better as a person. Yeah. Than oh. my, like, like my sister or my brother. I love them dearly, but they don't know who I am. I could never have a real conversation. Like, what we just talked about today, I could never... I brought a global warming to my brother who was a man who... And he literally like global warming. That's not real, Mikey. Come on, don't believe that stuff. And I, we were we were talking about it because we were standing on the shore of Mosega Beach that had lost almost fifty to sixty feet in the last like three years. Shoreline gone, gone. And I'm like, what do you think that all this extra water is coming from then? What do you think this massive amount of water is coming from? Because we, we lost bits of shoreline. If you look historically, it's pretty small. It's like two, three feet a year. And in the last three years, it's been almost sixty feet. Or, or at least 45 feet in certain parts. And uh, some people just aren't willing to have it. And I, I can never imagine, that's my brother, so I have to love him. And, and do you find, you're, are you closer with Phil Lucy than you would say a brother or a sister? Do you have a brother or sister that you would say? I have, my, yeah, I have one sister, and I mean, it's different clothes, right? But like, definitely the levels of conversation Phil and I had, yeah. That's what I I'm mean, saying, the yeah, level yeah. of conversation between you oh, and Phil. Yeah. It, it can be something as mundane as a flavor and a food to the spirituality of existence of humans oh. and the nature of our psychology and blah, blah, blah. See, that's what I'm saying. But most of our conversations are literally two children playing. Of course. He'll be like, he'll call me be like, Karen Shackleford. <laughs> and we just play characters. Of course. But how funny is that? <laughs> but, that's why, but that's what Phil is, man. Oh, that's God, who, that's who you yeah. guys are, too. Okay, yeah. let's wrap this up. We gotta get the fuck Oh, God. Like, I we think could it's literally like, talk. We could, if this was a, we could have done... If we had to, we would have kept going. We could go another one, one more hour easily. Yeah. Into oh, like, and then we're fucking be fucked. This, this is going to be a two-hour podcast. This has been through so many layers. Normal. Oh. This went political. This went Canadian comedy. This went, like, union. This went everywhere. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did a good job this one. Everybody who listened, if you listened to the whole thing, congratulations. If you go on my website and put in this code, Z-Z-T-R-L-Y, you get a free middle finger. <laughs> All right. That was a lot of fun. You guys are great. Oh, man. Our guest today was Sandra Badalini. Check her out on everything. Uh, we'll, we'll put her name up here on the screen. We'll put her name up on all the descriptions of things so you can check her out. Sandra, is there anything you want to pump or promote? Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I do a, a, pop, a broadcast on Thursday at 7 p.m. called uh, Soft Left. Yeah, nice. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, we talk the news. They talk the news and they have, uh, they, they have debates. Make sure to check them out. So just check Sandra Badalini out. If you're a Toronto uh, person and you ever see your name on a comedy list ever again, I don't know how comedy's ever going to work oh. again, but, you know. 
I have something else to shout out. Oh. Um, the association, the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comedians, started a, a, an MP letter writing campaign. Cool. So if you go to our website, um, I think it's like, I don't know, I can't see where the exact, but it's CanadianStandUp.ca, and you can sign a petition, uh, or sign a letter, send a letter to your MP about making comedy an art form. Because the story we talked about, you know, it's three years now we've been asking the government for some recognition, and now it's starting to grate on my nerves because it's taking three years. How many more years we got to do this? Another three years. Four more years. And then, you know when you were asking me about the, what I was griping about, like yeah, what yeah. I was doing, was that during this pandemic, you know, the government started announcing sector-specific uh, stimulus, and we were told to watch out. What if things going to come up? And then when we started asking questions, it's like, no, comedians aren't getting money again. Oh, great. Like the what are we supposed arts, to do? Yeah, well, we're getting the serve, but we're not getting any of the stimulus for the arts and culture sector. Yeah, yeah, no, do you know no, what I mean? They don't even didn't even mention the fucking minister of heritage didn't even say comedy like i started to get i'm like oh i'm fucking personally offended now yeah you're not even like we're on you all the time lady and you're not even gonna say comedy you're amusing and right well today you know and then i messaged the department of heritage again to say you know now we've been told there's this phase two yeah so yeah, yeah. i'm like yo if we don't fucking make phase two they, like, we'll see. I don't know. I, I never hold up for none of these fucks. But they're good people. Hopefully they, they listen to well, us. Well, I think eventually, but it's just like she said, uh, oh, yeah. Um, she's like, well, no, this is just going to be emergency funding. Um, but it, but in terms of comedy, yeah, it'll the comedy would be considered uh, like venues, comedy venues, events, and um, oh, comedy uh, venues, events, and uh, training. And I was like, what do you consider a venue? And then she wrote back, do you have a proposal to tell us what that is? So I'm going to just tell her. And she's asking us. What the proposal for what a comedy venue would count as. So they want you to write the small little bit of legislation that they want. To no, just through. to tell them, like, because I was like, what do you consider a comedy venue? Because it seems like for three years, you know, what they think of one thing, we don't think of that. And it's all this definition bullshit. So I'm like, if you say comedy venue, like, does that, like, what do you mean? And then she asked me, what, what, what do, do you mean? mean? And I'm going to just say fucking comedy bar, SoCap, all the clubs. All the fucking, you know, venues that are theaters. dedicated for yeah. the, comedy yes. itself. Yes, yeah. Venues that are dedicated to comedic, comedy theater. Yes, that's exactly it. How do and we I'll list, I'll list all the, as many as I can. List and, my home address so we get a little bit of that money. But that's what I mean. Like that's that's the thing. You know, it's like you you are just like you gotta keep to move these things through. You know, government and for because this is it's a snail's pace. This is fucking snail's But this page. is a yes. This is a rights movement. They're not gonna give it to us. Well, I, know, us. I I think it doesn't even matter if they they can, but like they, they I don't even. I'm bored. Truly, I mean, it's really it's like Canada Council for the Arts. Oh, those are the people I like meeting least, and okay. I don't care if they're watching this shit. I don't. Well, I love it. What, what was their name? The Canada Council for the Arts. The, Ca- the Canada Council for the Arts. Doesn't that sound boring as shit for something as exciting as the arts? Yeah, I know. Doesn't that sound like just bureaucratic garbage? Oh, you're going to be producing art, are you? Yeah. So Is that a art? Will there be paints? No. Okay. Will there be music? No. An audience? Well, there's 
about in check. Uh, going forward, oh, I could just uh, man. I talked about I don't know how the fuck you do it. I I, I can't have conversations with people like that. I would literally break character so fast. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because clearly you're going. You're not going in there as Sandra Betts, the OG that we know. You're going Sandra Betts as a professional representative, and I, I would break character so fast, Sandra. They they'd be talking about. Oh, I swear! Shit. I swear in those meetings. Sometimes when I gotta drop it and be honest, I do it. You're like, hey, what the fuck are you guys thinking is gonna happen going forward? I mean, our, our communities are struggling. Well, I could always cheeky cavaliers in the predicament. Where are they? And you're just, this vomit is coming out of their mouth, and you're like, how do you go to sleep? I go to sleep by the thousand linen <laughs> Okay, wrap it up. Sandra, thank you for coming on the show. That was a great show, everybody. Okay, so now we're just going to pretend to talk. They're going to start rolling the credits. The, oh, credit okay. yeah. the credits are rolling. It's cool. Rolling. The music is coming in through the overtime. What Some, somebody's going to come and tap my face. Uh, they're going to give me the notes on the show.